doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking being. Welcome. I'm your host. And this is uncomfortable. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. And most importantly, please share the show with others and make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. This is the main way that you, the listener, can help get this show out in front of more people. And with more people listening, that means more great stories coming forward for you, the listener. There are a couple of events coming up that I will be a part of, and I'd like to let you know about those right now. First will be the second annual Bigfoot and Brews held in Dewajak, Michigan this September 9th. This year's speakers so far are Robert Kreider from New Mexico and Mr. Stacy Brown Jr. from Florida. They will be the main speakers for the day. Tickets are available now. Seating is limited. So if you're interested, I would suggest picking up those tickets as soon as you can. Also, I want to let you know that the Friday night before the event, we have added a VIP dinner with the speakers. Not only will you be able to sit in and have dinner with Kreider and Stacy Brown, you will also be treated to four episodes of Stacy Brown Jr.'s latest installment of the Skunk Ape Experiment. Tickets are on sale now. I am looking for vendors, so if that interests you, please go to the Eventbrite link and find the vendor's ticket. We will be having a website shortly. I'm hoping that within a week, the Uncomfortable Podcast website will be up and there will be additional information for Bigfoot and Brews on there. Then, just about a month later on October 7th, actually, the entire weekend, including the evening of October 6th, all day of the 7th, and the morning of the 8th, you will be able to join myself 
Justin and Jay from the Cryptids of the Corn podcast, Steve and Kyle from the Hollow Sky podcast, Chris and Joel from To Kill a Mockingbird's podcast, Justin, Ryan, and Lance from the Appalachian Intelligence podcast, and now I'm happy to announce that Bo Kennedy from the Bump podcast will be all featured at the Fortean Airwaves podcast conference. This is the first time that this is taking place. $50 is the cost for a ticket per person to this event, and that gets you access to us all three days. Starting the evening of the 6th, we will have a Friday night meet and greet out in the courtyard of the Inn in Ada, Ohio, which will end with an impromptu panel discussion. Starting bright and early that next morning on Saturday, you will have access to all of the show's vendor tables where you can pick up your t-shirts, stickers, and any other merch from your favorite podcasts. And that whole day will be filled with each of these podcasts taking the stage and doing their thing. The end to Saturday's events will be a panel discussion with Q&As from the audience. Then Sunday, Sunday morning, just down the road from the conference center, less than five-minute drive, we will be providing you a Bon Voyage pancake breakfast with us as a way of saying thank you for spending your weekend with us. Again, $50 gets you admission to all three days' events. There will be a link tree in the show notes of this episode that will have all the links to the conference center, the special pricing for the rooms there, as well as alternative lodging options and links to all of the different shows, podcasts. This is a one-of-a-kind opportunity, guys, for you, the listeners, to get to hang out with us and just let the weird hang out for a whole weekend. So we hope to see you there. If you haven't heard yet and it interests you, the Uncomfortable Patreon has launched. I'm very excited about it. And it is the only place that you can find my video series, Uncomfortable Afterthoughts and A Little Uncomfortable. Go to patreon.com slash uncomfortablepodcast770 and see if any of the tiers there interest you. Your support for the show has been amazing over the past couple of years, and hopefully this will be a nice little way that I can give something back. The link for the Patreon and the Uncomfortable Discord will be in the show notes as well. As for tonight's guest, she comes to us by way of our Discord server. I've had some conversations with her husband, and he had indicated that she had numerous encounters throughout her life. After soliciting her to appear on the show, she finally got all of her thoughts put together and put them down in order, and then reached out to me and said that she was ready. So, if you're ready, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Sage. Sage, welcome to Uncomfortable. Hello. Hi, everybody. It's great to have you with us. It's great to be here. I'm super excited. I am too. Um, man, reading that email was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I am I am super excited to get into it. Um, I, I had one drink, not gonna lie, to help me ease into that is going not a problem. Back. 
That is going back to um, 2009. I was 19. I'm 33 now. So it's been a while. If you need another one, let me know and we can take a break and (laughs) and you can get another one. Oh no. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's three o'clock here and tonight I'm taking the kids to the swimming pool, but afterwards. Yeah. Well, I will admit I had to take a muscle relaxer today because my back is giving me all kinds of problems and, uh, it just was not excited about sitting in a seat and doing a an interview tonight. So I had a I had to take one of those myself. So um, we'll both maybe be a little both both maybe be a little tipsy tonight. There you uh, go. Okay, um, Friday somewhere, right? Yes, it definitely is. Um, so listen, you know, we were we were talking uh, before we started recording and something that happens very consistently with one of my one of my close friends happened with you. And that is during the course of a conversation about weird stuff, my Apple Watch decided to on its own look up online uh, based on what you and I were saying, it had nothing to do with anything. And it pulls up um, about an episode of Monster Quest and and the topic of Bigfoot. Um, right. We, we yeah. Had, we had Some not, casual how we're going to go about recording. Yeah. And then, boom. Yeah. We had not gotten to any of that yeah. yet. And nope. uh, it, it's very, it's very odd. It, it happens with. Uh, another, another close friend of mine, uh, almost on a, almost on a regular basis, whenever, whenever she and I talk on the phone. Um, so that was an interesting start to things. I, I don't, I don't typically read into, but when it has something to do with what the topic that we're going to be talking about, I find it very strange. And, uh, so I have, uh, I have good vibes about the way this, uh, this interview is going to go. So. Uh, I do too. We, you told me that you had wrote, wrote down some uh, bullet points so we didn't get uh, flustered and maybe bypass anything or forget anything. So I am going to leave it to you on where we, we, where, when we are going, where, Jesus, I can't even talk. Muscle relaxers kicking in, um, where we're going to begin. And, and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll interject and, and interrupt you multiple times, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, so I guess I can go through things pretty fast, even discussing like my childhood. Um, so the first paranormal experiences I remember, I was three, four years old, maybe up to about kindergarten. And we lived in an apartment complex. My mom is a single mom. And this is before she married my stepdad. And uh, the only scary thing I ever saw was I came across Chucky on TV for, you know, 15 minutes, screamed as a toddler. I remember that. But um, I had this reoccurring thing where I had a room with my brother. I was three. He would have been like one and a half. Um, The closet doors were left open. They're big folding doors. And quite often in the middle of the night, I would wake up and see two red eyes, like red lights. And um, I grew up in Sunday school, so I would just hide under my blanket and pray to Jesus. And, you know, I want to go to sleep. I don't want to be scared. Make it go away. Uh, My mom was pretty strict. I didn't think she'd believe me. Like it didn't dawn on me to like run and tell her. So I just dealt with it myself. 
And that happens quite a lot. I mean, maybe on average, like once every few weeks, like a few times a month for a few years of my life. Yeah. And I never thought to tell anybody. It bothers me now as an adult, of course, because I have kids. But, um, and then after that, it was, um, you know, things were calm. Maybe for a year, we switched into a big house. She got married and we're living um, kind of out in the woods, 10 miles from where we were. And and um, I started noticing when she leave my door open at night, that there would be a shadow figure like looking in at me in the middle of the night. I would always feel if something was looking at me and I'd wake up. And uh, I didn't like that. So I started shutting my door and noticed that I wasn't experiencing like shadow people as much with my door shut as if if I could see down the hallway I'd see someone or see, I, I had an experience door. like that as as mm-hmm. well uh, early in my years and that was it was terrifying because you know there were only three of us that lived in the house it was my parents and me I had no brothers or sisters and the silhouette that was standing in my door now I had re- I had remembered seeing you know either my dad or my mom standing at the door checking in on me, you know, mm-hmm. when I was small. But the silhouette that was there was neither one of them. It was right. Like they, you're hoping it's somebody. Yeah, you're like, it, it was, oh maybe there's a person there. And then you're like and now even as a young child, I guess my scientific mind was trying to um, make reason. So I would think, well maybe I need glasses soon. You know, because I was in at this point, like second, third, fourth, fifth grade. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm seeing things. There's something wrong with me and it's not there. So I would try to like be in a state of denial as a way of feeling safer, I guess. I'm trying to write it off, even though deep down, like I knew it kept happening and there was nothing wrong with me. You know, I have a light prescription that got put on in sixth grade, but it was basically a joke. It's like my vision's fine. Um, so that happened quite a lot for a long time. And let, then, let, um, me, let me interrupt you and let's, let's yeah. jump back to the red eyes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, obviously it's Concerning. scary, scary. It's terrifying as a, as a mm-hmm. child. And you know, you, you yeah. said you didn't tell any, you didn't tell your mom about it. No. Do you recall any, um, how, how did you feel? I mean, other than the fear of seeing that, were there any other manifestations like feeling wise? How did you feel about it? Did it, did it cause you, you know, did it, did it leave any kind of impression on you as far as whether it was good or bad or indifferent or, you know, mm, yeah. do you, do you remember my, anything my from chest- that? Yeah. So like um, the typical major, you know, like fear response, like my chest would tighten up and I'd almost like hold my breath at first, you know, be like afraid. Is it going to hear me breathe? Is it going to come get me? Like trying to play the hide and go seek factor of just if I hide and I'm really quiet and I pray really loud in my head. Um, But my chest was seized up and I I actually kind of like I think I felt nauseous, like lightly, not to the point where I actually vomited, but I remember feeling a sense of like dizzy and nausea and just the only thing I had was, you know, I kind of treated God like my dad growing up because I didn't have a dad. So I went out to my protector in my mind and was like, well, if what they say at church is real and he has power, then that's my last chance right now. And that was um, my whole life. My mom was pretty cold. 
bless her heart. Like she just was, I, you know, she just wasn't emotionally available. So, um, I, I took care of these things alone with the idea that my creator, my God was, um, supporting me and helping me get through these things. Um, and I didn't have the support of other humans, but I, I was really, really scared. Um, I think I brought it up to my mom later in life one time and she laughed it off and said, well, I caught you like watching Chucky on USA channel when you were like three and a half. And I'm sure you were just having Chucky nightmares, you know? And so she always, she played off stuff. She didn't want to listen. So yeah, I was really scared. Um, but the overwhelming calm that praying to my father, my dad, God, you know, almighty on the good side, like that actually calmed me down that I would pray. I just, you know, keep me safe. I want to be okay. Make it go away. And the next thing you know, it, the sun's up and I'm waking up and I went to bed like that time just passed. And then I would wake up and I would be in a good mood and there would be no like, the thing never, I think, took over me or made me different or put me in a trance or anything weird like that. Um, I feel like I was protected. Um, you know, it's it's funny <laughs> the way we started the conversation before we started recording, where you started talking about how your religious upbringing and that you are now currently consider yourself to be spiritual but not religious because you know, of so many different man, man intervention. Yes. I think for me, a lot of it was, um, I, I love the, the Dead Sea Scrolls and Enoch and like, take me back to like the originals, but yeah. I don't like the tampering. I don't like the controlling. Um, I just feel like a lot of it has been changed and used to control society over thousands of years. And I'm just not interested in, um, being manipulated or controlled. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm not into all that, but I would be a liar if I said that it hasn't impacted me in a positive way or helped me get through really hard times. And so for me personally, I believe in God and Jesus because just like I believe in Sasquatch because I experienced it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you experience things, you don't deny it anymore because right. you experience it. So like, yeah, I've had like the Holy Ghost and spiritual awakenings as I've aged and I've I've left God. I've lived like an atheist a little here and there too. And, um, but I always came back and, uh, I believe in God because I've had God experiences just like I've had paranormal or evil. I've had good experiences too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, with the way I'd grown up and with the way you grew up, um, you know, I, I still just out of, um, habit, I guess, um, we'll refer to him as God or I'll refer to Jesus. Um, and I don't, I don't talk about my faith a lot on the show because I don't think that the show is about my faith. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bias anyone one way or another with how they're going to talk to me because it, it shouldn't matter. It, It shouldn't have any bearing on it whatsoever. I don't think Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ's name. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. I think the figure that we speak of when we talk about Jesus was an actual person. But I don't think that's mm-hmm. the name that he went by. And I don't think that the portrayal of him 
from at least the Catholic upbringing that I had is is accurate at all because you know they never talk about the time that he spent in tibet or they never talk about the time that he spent in north america with the native american indians and you know they're right just, like he's like a hippie and yeah like, you know so what about mary what about his wife yeah, or yeah like you know so I, I know my dad's whole side is catholic so i've had even though i only visited him a few times a year growing up i have an awareness of how all that works yeah. and yeah, it's um I had a hard time going to Catholic church because of all the uh, kind of like chanting or standing up, sitting down and and like the cups and I just thought, well this is kind of creepy to me, but okay, <laughs> like I guess this is normal to half of my family, but you know, to each their own. Like I said, I've found positives to every sect of theology practically that yeah. I've come across and I have found negatives. Yep. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's and, just, and I, think, I made my own. I told my children and husband recently, you know, I am my own religion. It's a little bit Buddhist. And well, I like it how Muslims like pray certain times of the day and they're devout at prayer. And, you know, I just take little bits of everybody that I find is beneficial and loving and kind. And then that's, that feels right. If you read, <laughs> if you read some of the texts that talk about how Jesus wanted people to act and how they wanted, mm-hmm. they, I mean, that's more in lines with the way he wanted things than anything that I'd been taught in Catholic church. Um, so mm-hmm. spirituality, uh, being a spiritual person and, and having a relationship with my creator, whatever that name is, and, and, right. the, and the spirit of that, whatever that name is, um, that's that's I where agree. I'm it makes at. sense. That's it's hard I'm to at. name. Yeah. You know, is is he who decided he? What if what if it's a she? But right? I, like I know. I know what you I, mean. I argue the, the deity itself it, that is God. Yes. Yeah. I, I argue that it's probably more of a what than a a what? Than a yeah. Who. I know we we gendered. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so um, right. but anyway. Let's go on. Yeah, with, off on that. So um yeah, shadow people. Oh, I had this reoccurring dream in the same big house that I saw the shadow people. Um, and I mentioned this in a comment on Discord before. In this dream, I was always um, at the edge of this beautiful cliff in Myrtle Creek, Oregon. And there's a big cross up there. And I was peering over the edge at the river below and happy. And all of a sudden, something that looked like the Grim Reaper, like a faceless thing, really tall, all black in a robe, but with no staff would sneak up behind me, push me off, and I'd be falling to my death because this is a very high cliff. And then right as, you know, I'm going to go splat, I would wake up on the floor in my bedroom. And I had this reoccurring dream for five years. Really? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I always fell out of my bed. When I hit the ground, I was like practically panicking because I thought I died. Yeah. And I never could figure out like who is the reaper. Like, what is the symbolism behind this? Because as a young kid, I didn't even realize dreams had symbolism. But yeah, that was another kind of odd thing that happened. Um, Other than that, you know, they got divorced when I was in sixth grade. And then my mom moved um, next door to Canyonville, Oregon. And uh, she got a a place in a manufactured home um, village. They just started like a community. And that happens to be across the street where I live right now. And uh, so that's my next paranormal is... uh, 
I'm 19 years old. So like fast forward a while and I met this guy over at Coos Bay and I came back from college and he came to visit and he is Navajo and he's from Arizona. Actually, they prefer to be called the Diné. Excuse me. The Navajo is the Diné. Yes, because Navajo is kind of, that's the Caucasians gave them that name. Oh, really? Um, they find it, they find it disrespectful. They prefer to be called the, the Diné. So that's interesting. But, I never knew that. Yeah. So I like, I say it, but then I'm like, oh, I want to be respectful here. Um, so he came to visit for a week and um, a few things that happened in college. I heard ghosts in the kitchen cabinet area and weird things when I was at his side of the dorm and he did not like ghosts. He considered them like white people monsters. Like they were not something he was familiar with, but the monsters he spoke of, I were not, I was not familiar with. So I was very comfortable with like the talk of maybe like the devil, uh, demons, ghosts, you know, hauntings like that. Um, he was bringing in a new world. So, <laughs> um, when something happened with ghosts in the dorm around me, which happened only a few times in six months, he got really spooked and I just had to calm him down. And that was that. But he had told me about, you know, men turning into animals. If we're walking out at night to Walmart across the street from the dorm and you need to watch out for this and that. And I kind of started to think this guy might be crazy. Like, should I believe this? Like, this is what is this? Like, I don't. Right. Like I so was like, he, mm. so he's, he's talking skinwalker. Sometimes. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. So it's not dark out. I try not to even talk about them at night just because I know so much, but um, it's not dark. So they're called uh, Yenigloshis. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's been a long time since I spoke Navajo, but Yenigloshis. And their thing is you do not talk about them after dark, like even in a building, there's this whole superstition about it. Like it's, it's off limits. There's a lot. I, every time I was pregnant, we had weird superstitions that I had to follow, but we'll just stick to the monsters for now. Um, so yeah. So he had mentioned stuff in college, but I just kind of like shrugged it off and thought other things in the relationship I really like. So we're just going to keep going a little longer and see how this works out. And about six months into dating him. Yeah. Uh, he came over to my mom's house and I had actually dropped out of college. I'm not proud of that, but FAFSA didn't go through correctly. I couldn't pay the bills. Thanks mom. You know, she didn't fill it out right the first time. Yeah. And it was just like, whatever I couldn't pay for it. I was getting kicked out because the paperwork was wrong. And that was that. And he just kind of left with me What I don't know. He didn't have a reason to leave. Um, so oh, when we're at so my mom's house, like, it seems like maybe he did. <laughs> Well, <laughs> he was 21 and the rest of us were 19. And I think he got tired of people asking him to buy booze or he was very studious and he wanted to do well. And he was just having a hard time in the dorm environment. I mean, I was too, yeah. like I did. Okay. But I wasn't the 4.0 from high school student. <laughs> You're surrounded by chaos all the time. Um, I wasn't that person. So we left. Um, he decided to go see my place. And during that week, it was, like the last few nights and uh, maybe he was going to leave in a few days and we were outside. I used, I smoked cigarettes. I used to. And so I, I wanted to go outside and smoke a cigarette at night. And he was like, well, I mean, okay. Cause like he was trying to be nice. And so he went out with me. We sat out on near the sidewalk on the bricks and uh, the streetlights were out. It, it might've been like nine or 10 at night. 
and he saw a cat, like a neighbor's cat right there in the street. And he goes, oh, I feel much better now. There's a cat out here. So we can be out here as long as the cat's out here. I've got to, I've got to interrupt you. Do I hear children in the background or am I hearing a cat? That's a cat. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have four indoor cats, so. Okay. Because um, if I didn't ask, I know when this airs, people are going to be like, oh my God, she's talking about a cat and I can hear a cat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. That's no, you're Ellie. fine. She, just like, she's a whiner. So if I'm in a room, she kind of wants to come around. She just does that. She randomly cries. Um, so. Yeah, there is a cat out there and he's like, we're good. I never at that time heard about the whole cat thing. So I'm just going with whatever he says. And then we're off topic. We're really deep into conversation. And he looks up and he's like, where's the cat? And then I look just down the road, like 20 feet. And there is a huge coyote standing in the middle of the street looking at us and I'm like I froze and I said you know I can't say I don't say his name but I said you know his name and I'm like hey like do you see that he goes oh oh no and he starts talking to it in in Navajo like in in the the native language and I don't know what he was saying to it but I think he was telling I asked he said he was telling it to go away um it wasn't welcome there and just kind of that. But, um, it was a very eerie feeling because yeah, we have coyotes around here. They're typically smaller. They don't look like they're the size of a wolf and they sure avoid people. Like they do not come up stoically and majestically and just like stand there and peer at you. Like they can see through your soul. And this thing was, it was like almost like if you saw a huge white elk or something, you know, like it was like a magic moment. And I thought, what the heck is going on here? And then after he yelled at it, it did just kind of slowly like turned its head and like trotted chill down the middle of the road. And when it hit the end of this street where it hits like the main road, it vanished. What? And I never saw it go right or left up the road or go like down in the creek or like cross the road. It just vanished and we had enough light to see because there's street lamps like street lights yeah and i just was like did i just see that where did it go where did it go and i'm kind of i have anxiety about this i'm like what the heck and he's like yeah yeah it's um it's no big deal don't worry about it and i'm like okay and he goes well anyway um let's just finish up this conversation quick and head in and i was like okay so i'm like how do we keep talking after this but he's just okay and i try to keep talking and i notice he keeps looking up at my mom's roof and i'm like are you okay why do you keep looking up at the roof and he goes we got to go inside now and i was like okay So we go inside and he won't tell me what he thought was on the roof, but he had told me stories where in college he'd said, when I was a kid and I lived in trailers and you lived in a trailer on the res, it's not uncommon for you to hear what sounds like Spider-Man or human run across the roof randomly. And that happened to him his whole childhood on the res until he moved to the city when he was 12. So he's looking up the roof and I'm remembering this story thinking, are you kidding me? 
like, there's something on the roof. No, 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 no. I, I'm like creeped out. So we run inside. He really doesn't like to talk about these dark things. Like he just kind of wants to move on. He left two days later. We never talked further about it. Before he left on the Greyhound bus to go back to Arizona to go home, he simply said to me, do not go out at night. Just don't. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm thinking at this point, I might not call the guy back. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. He says his family might be cursed back at home. There's like all this, but I don't really know if I believe it. Like the at this point, seeing the coyote, the size of a huge wolf disappear, that's like the one thing that really freaked me out. So you never really went but, back and, and said, what was what was the thing about the cat? Oh, so the cat was a form of protection. So the deal is, is that uh, he had taught me that if the cat is still around, you're fairly good, like you're safe. But when the cats leave, that's indication for you to leave because the cats are aware of like the spiritual world. Really? He was the first person. Now, I've heard a lot of people mention that lately, like now that I dive into right. this, but he was the first person to mention that to me. That, you know, cats are a symbolism of uh, protection and the cat like knows the cat will know. So um, and and that came in handy later when I was like in a haunted house pregnant with my second son. I, I knew when to leave the room because the cat that was on the end of the bed eventually was like, no, I'm out. And I was like, yeah, I'm out too now. I'm going upstairs and sleeping near where my dad's sleeping <laughs> in this person's house because I'm not dealing with this. But uh, no, the, the cat thing. So maybe that's why I own a lot. I don't know. Like I have four inside, three outside and only like one or two dogs at a time because dogs protect you from the physical yeah. or they sense like health ailments and stuff, they say. But cats, cats are the, the spiritual, like they understand that more. They feel that. So, yeah, he, he taught me that. I never owned a cat back then. I just had a dog. I had a little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and <laughs> that was all I had. And she was mostly just pretty and cute to look at and just <laughs> annoying and barked. I mean, she was not a protector right. by any means. Right. Yeah. My mom just gave me to her like when I was in eighth grade. But um, so when he leaves, like he goes back. And I maybe only a day later after he left, I'm like, I want a cigarette. It's late at night. You know, I'm an addict. I smoke every few hours. I was trying not to stay up late and smoke, but. I'm kind of nocturnal too. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just in my head, in my head, I'm saying this to myself. I'm just going to step out right outside the door, right under the porch light to where I can just grab a handle, throw the cigarette and run in. I'll be fine. It's right outside the door. So I did. I smoked the cigarette. I didn't even finish it. I was nervous. I felt like there was something out there, but I thought I was just being paranoid. And who's to say he's right about this anyway? Right. So I maybe smoke like 70% of the thing, put it out, come back inside, lay on the couch with my dog. Everyone else in the house is asleep, which is just my, my handicapped younger brother at this point, my mom, they're knocked out and all the lights are off in the house except the TV. And, um, so the couch is, um, if I'm, if you're laying on the couch, you see the TV in the corner. It was like a corner cabinet. And then you see the two big windows in the living room. The blinds were down. My mom had sheer curtains that were like white, whatever. So it was just blinds. The porch light I left on for outside, right outside those windows is the door and porch light. And 
there's just two bushes outside these windows. I mean, huge, I don't know, rhododendron or whatever bushes. They're about like five feet tall. I'm looking at the TV. It's only been 10 minutes since I've been in. And there's a silhouette of something super freaking creepy on one of the two windows by each other. And I can't help but notice it in my peripherals right away because it's right next to the TV. I froze. Like, first reaction is, what the F? <laughs> I didn't go, just total shock. Because what I was seeing, I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, that window's this, like, five feet off the ground. And, like, this thing is, what, seven and a half feet tall? Not to mention, it is like a bodybuilder instead. Like, and so huge shoulders, um, hunched over slightly too. That's what really creeped me out. I was like hunchback of Notre Dame, but super <laughs> freaking tall. And wait, and then I was like, there's pointy ears. And then like when it turned slightly, I saw like a snout. Because at first I saw shoulders, height, and like furry like I could tell there was a lot, like it was all hair. It wasn't like bald, like we are. Yeah. And I thought, what, like Bigfoot, like the monkey that everyone talks, what? But then I noticed the ears. And then when it had turned its face slowly, the snout, and I thought monkeys don't have that. So at this point, I didn't know what to call the dang thing. And I'm even thinking in my head, skinwalkers, like they're short, right? They're kind of like golems, like they're not huge. So like, what could this be? The whole time my brain's thinking this, I'm shallow breathing. I am like stone cold staring at this window and like shallow breathing. My head's running, um, you know, a minute, a mile, mile a minute, sorry. And my dog who barks at everything, her ears are cocked and she's looking at the window and she's not making a whine or a peep or nothing. Like she knew <laughs> like her and I were just like, no noise. Like, almost like this isn't happening, right? Yeah. Like, it was so scary. And I think it, it felt like forever, but it probably only stood in the window for at most, like, th maybe three minutes. But it That's felt a like a half an hour. It, yeah. So what freaked me out, I wasn't going to move till it left. That's what I told myself. Like, I'm not moving. And what freaked me out is I kept thinking, well, why is it still looking if the blinds are down? Can it see through the blinds? Can it see me? Can it read my mind? Like, oh my gosh, like what can it do? Why is it still here? Like the blinds are down. Why are you still standing there? Mostly not moving too. Okay. It's okay. like the first I, I, minute it didn't move at all. And then it slightly like changed and I could see the snout and then it held still again. Like it was posing. It wasn't moving. Okay. I, I need some more context here. So you're, <laughs> you're in the house. Yeah. You're on the couch, you're facing the TV. The TV is on. Yeah. I'm assuming that the rest of the lights in the house are off. Yeah, completely. Okay. So you have you have a light source that is shining at your eyes and you were able to see it's nighttime outside because you just went out and smoked. And you're able to see a silhouette of something outside the window. So what was what were the lighting conditions outside? Outside? That, okay. So Literally, um, up ahead above the bushes, like, cause the, it's like front door windows, TV. So the porch light would have been 
just a few feet from this thing, like over it, like in that in that area. Right. So if that wasn't standing there, I could see the bushes. You would see like silhouette of the bushes. You could see the top of the bushes towards the bottom of the window. So normally I just saw the silhouette of the bushes at night. Um, We also have a, there was one of the street lamps that was like shining directly towards my mom's house from like right across the way. So that could be like a secondary yeah. light shining on the house. So it, that it, could it, it had background light behind it. So that, that right. There was two light sources outside the uh, pretty bright. Yeah. Um, but so, normally you just see the bushes. So from where you stood smoking your cigarette, mm-hmm. <clears throat> how, <laughs> yeah, how far I was feet from where this thing was. That dawned on me the next day. Yeah. No, that's that's what creeped me out the next day. I never went out there to snuck again. I think I might have even quit for a while or at least like just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I smoked for a while after that. Or I went out the other side of the house and I never went outside at night. Um, but yeah, so I would have been standing three feet because the windows are right next to the door and the patio that go, like the cement walkway that goes up yeah. to this door. So I was standing next to a, the bush up on, cause you know, like these houses, they're on brick. So like, if you're standing at ground level, like I would have a hard time peering in because in manufactured homes, they're on brick and like the windows are pretty high off the ground. Yeah. So the cement walkway is what leads you up to the entrance of the house. I was standing right outside the door and the bushes were like a foot to the right of me a foot for the first bush, a second foot, you know, and then there's the other one. And that thing was standing. So 10 minutes after I went inside this monster, cause that's all I knew to call it was a, a big monster was standing three feet to the right of where I was standing and smoking. And it was peering through the window as if it could see through blinds, just staring at me. But I never, was brave enough in hindsight, I hate myself for this. I wish I would have been brave enough to like walk over there and look, but I was so frozen. I don't even know if I could, if it happened tomorrow, you know? Well, think about but it. You, you were in a dark room. I really room. wish I would have looked. <laughs> you were in a dark room. You had a light source, an intense light source in front of you, which was the TV. It was, be- yeah. it was to the side and behind the TV. So you would have been illuminated in that in that room. And if they were, shears, they were shears. Mm -hmm. And and I know what you're talking about because I have them in my house and you can see through them. So if there's a light source in there, he he most likely was able to see you because you were illuminated by the light of the TV. That makes sense. Like through the little cracks and things. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't move. I was frozen. Um, it walked away calmly. And it, it, when it walked away, it didn't go towards the door. It went towards like the back of the house, toward the woods. There's woods behind these. My mom was put in the first street and there's just woods behind. And, and how, we don't have a fenced in backyard. So. How, how long after you saw the, the bizarre coyote was this? Oh, so the, yeah, the bizarre coyote standing in the mm-hmm. street, staring at us. Um, he left two days later and then a next day. So three days, like three nights after the coyote. Um, at this point I believed him. He got a phone call. We stayed together because I mean, 
he wasn't lying. Like I saw these things that he had kind of mentioned in college and thought, okay, your monsters are real too. Just like mine, like my ghosts, my, my monsters. Yeah. And, uh, that was my first experience with what I would consider like some native American lore. Um, but, uh, looking back, you know, there were so many times I took my dog outside to the bathroom in the backyard there with all the woods behind. And sometimes in the afternoon, there's just so many trees staggering about. And I would think I saw something like peep out behind a tree and go back. But I always second guess myself. Just always was like, whatever the eyes play tricks, whatever. Now knowing what I know, I'm like, yeah, there was something out there, like keeping an eye out sometimes on me. Not every day, once in a blue moon. And I always got like an eerie feeling outside. I live across the street right now and I still get an eerie feeling some nights more than others. And I try to be, uh, I take a dog out with me. Um, I leave windows open. So if I yell for help or something, my husband works graveyard sometimes. So he'll hear and come help me. Like I definitely don't go outside in this area without a, a knife or some type of weapon, a cell phone, an animal like a dog, um, just having like someone nearby for help just because of different experiences that I've had in Oregon's forests on and off since I, when I have lived here. So yeah, that was a, that was really creepy. I called it the big monster. I, I was so scared when it did finally walk off. I didn't move for five minutes and then I finally convince myself to move and get off the couch. Cause I was in shock. I didn't know what that was then, but looking back, I was in shock, like medically in shock. It took me a while to get myself to move. And when I did, I went to my mom's master bedroom and I'm like, she takes sleep meds. She's pretty out, but I'm like, Hey, hey mom, there was a monster outside. I don't even know what it is. It was just like this huge monster looking in a window and I'm so scared. Can I just sleep with you? Like I'm 19 asking to sleep with my mom. And she's like, don't talk about that crap in my house. (laughs) Like just lay down. Just sure. Whatever makes you like, stop, just lay down. So I I snuggled. I got in a queen bed with my mom. I was so scared. Like I slept with my mom and that's something I never did. Like even as a little girl, (laughs) red eyes in the closet, didn't go to mom. But this one, I'm like, (laughs) I want my mom. (laughs) Like I'm going to go sleep with my mom. So, um, yeah. And then, um, it was never allowed to be talked about. I told Hanson, see, I said his name. Oops. There's a lot of them out there. He'll be whatever. So, um, I told him like the boyfriend and he just got mad that I was outside. I didn't listen. (laughs) I was like, well, well, you can't not go outside forever. <laughs> well, he was just kind of like, I told you, like, stupid. Why'd you go outside? Like, I care about you. Don't go get killed. And I'm like, well, I won't do it again. Now I know well, for I, sure. It makes me wonder if there was a part of the, a part of their lore, a part of their understanding of these things maybe there was a significance to three nights later. All he ever yeah. told me is this, this cliche. I'm just going to tell you what he told me. Uh, he said, now that you've been with me, like you're in love with me, we've been together. Um, the curse that's upon like his mom's side of the family, like that could affect me now. And he told me, 
you have to watch out for these things now because we're together. We're lovers. And they can smell. And this is, I guess. Yeah. I just thought, oh, this is so kooky. Like, but then it started happening. Like it did. It started happening and it wasn't before I was with him. Before I was with him, it was just like ghosts and all the other stuff. Like, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm a sensitive, so to speak, even though I've never um, tried to see if I am a medium or all the other things. Um, one time I got on a Ouija board in eighth grade, my friend's house, and she didn't think the thing was really going to work. Well, she tried to call it this ghost named Bob, some old guy, I don't know, that like died down the street or whatever. Bob the ghost. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Bob the ghost. So I'm thinking, oh, this is a joke, too. So I feel safe trying it, even though my mom's always told me like dark magic is a no. Even Harry Potter, you know, we're not sure about, right? Like one of those super strict Christians. So I did it. And the creepiest thing was she didn't expect it to work. But when it did actually start moving um, and she's like, are you pushing it? I'm like, no, are you? She's like, no. And she's like, well, let's just keep going in a circle and let it like do its thing. And it spelled out J and then it traveled out, spelled out O. And then it was heading straight for Y. And that's my name, Joy. And it spelled my name. That was like the first thing it wanted to say. It wanted to say, hi, Joy. Like, so it spelled my name and I knew she wasn't pushing it. I could tell she was horrified. She threw the board. She threw a fit and she was like, she took it to the dump, <laughs> threw it in the trash on the street because we were best friends. She didn't like that. She did. She grew up. She was Mormon, but she didn't think it was actually going to work. It was always just like a joke thing, right. like a goofing off Par- thing. Partly so true. Yeah, for me, it worked. Like when I was doing it with her, it spelled my name. And that for me was the big sign that this is real and that we don't play with it. You know, and I haven't tried anything like that since um, because it comes to me enough. Why would I need to? Yeah. Seek it? I don't know. Just so all that happened and. I ended up like going down and living in Arizona with his family for a while. And so spring of 2009 was what I think now to be dog man at the time. It was the big monster, but with research and the shape of the nose, the ears, the height, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is my dog man story because there is no way this was Bigfoot. Bigfoot's face is not shaped like that, nor are his ears from anything that I've come across. Um, but then it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go down there for a while. And spring of 2009 was dog man. So summer of 2009, I would have been living in Phoenix for a few months. It was like super hot middle of summer. And let's go visit a relative who just had a baby out in, uh, Kayenta, I believe it's pronounced. It's in Monument Valley, which is beautiful. So I fall asleep when we're leaving Phoenix uh, in the back of a nice van. I wake up like an hour later. I thought for a split second they kidnapped me. Like maybe he was part of the cartel. I was in Mexico. I was kidnapped because it was so <laughs> different. It was like small town Oregon girl. And like I had seen some desert, but there was rusted shacks, like tons of poverty, starving horses. And I was like waking up and seeing this. And I thought, Oh my gosh, did they cross the border into like Mexico with me? Like they saw the panic on my face and they immediately were like, you're okay. It was his older sister who was 30. He was 21. I was 19. His nephew was like 13, his mom. (laughs) And so his older sister's like laughing and 
look at the white girl. She's scared. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. This is the res. And so we work our way there. There's like, superstition about I can't get out of the car at gas stations. Like if I have to pee, they'll walk me, like he'll walk me to the bathroom. And I was like, what's the deal? I don't like being controlled. Yeah, I'm stubborn. I'm adventurous. Like don't control me. And he goes, no, seriously, it's dangerous. When we stop at these little gas stations for food or gas or bathrooms, like don't just walk around like you own the place. And I'm thinking, is this a race thing? Cause his mom's not too happy. He's with a white chick, you know? Yeah. So let's keep the bloodline clean here. But he's like, no, no, it's not a race thing. And it turned out he didn't want to tell me in front of them, but he told me later that skinwalkers during the day appear like normal people like you and I, but they can place something on you. Like when you walk by them or they can do something when they look at you. Like if you make eye contact with them or if they go to introduce and shake hands, see all the, all the natives, they know this, they know what to watch out for. They don't stand too close to people in line or like let anyone get too close to their back in line. They don't shake hands when they meet people. Yeah. They're aware. And he was like, you have no idea how this works. You're staying in the car unless I escort you to, to somewhere because he didn't want me to be like, voodooed or cursed however you yeah. would say it Marked yeah because i'm just yeah because he says like they <laughs> prey on people even when they're in their human state they can prey on people and and me being a white girl standing out out there even though i dyed my hair jet black it's still obvious i wasn't native um yeah he was just trying to protect me it i didn't understand it first but it makes sense now and so we get to our location that night and um it's a Manu- I don't want to say manufactured homes, but it reminded me of Monopoly. Every house was colored like green, red, yellow, blue, whatever. Strange, right? I, was like, I, was like, I wasn't like, sure where you were going Monopoly with that. board here? Like, I don't know. It was just cookie cutter homes, multicolors. Um, people had some money, you know, like nice vehicles, everything. Um, McDonald's in town, a few things. I mean, it was pretty small. I mean, you're surrounded by Monument Valley, but there's like the McDonald's, the bank, the gas station, and then like maybe 50 homes all just gathered together. And so that night when we're going to bed, um, we're put in the infant's room, like the nursery room on the floor with sleeping bags, given our privacy in there. And we fall asleep right away. Uh, The window's cracked. Maybe two inches but the blinds are down and um once again you can see the glow of the street light on the white blinds from outside he fell asleep pretty fast and it was early maybe like nine he they tended to like go down with the sun get up early you know try to follow that um so i was starting to fall asleep but what woke me up i'm a light sleeper by the way too um what woke me up is all the neighborhood dogs started freaking out. They were all barking and a lot. And there are res dogs out there too. At first I thought, well, but it's not a dog fight. So I'm like, it can't be like a group of dogs fighting like reservation dogs, because this sounds just like every dog who's put on a chain in the backyard and in a house is all barking. They're losing their minds. What the heck? And then 
they all stop at the same time. Suddenly, just someone turned off the power. Silence. All the crickets I could hear from before. Like, there's no bug. (laughs) There's no dog. It is just that really creepy silence. Well, which is just silent. I, I hate that. Just no noise at all is never a good thing. You guys know that, but anyone who's had experiences, you know it's bad when everything just turns off all at once, like someone turned off the music. And then I hear two people whispering. I don't even call them people. Two things whispering close enough to this window that I'm laying on the floor right under the window because I was laying right under the window on the floor on the carpet. And I could hear them whispering to each other in snake language. I call it snake language because at the time, I'm like, this is not, I'm going through a checklist. Always check. I was like, wait, that's not English. What the hell is that's snake language? Not, well, it like a, a slithering dialect. Like the slith, like um, when you watch like a Harry Potter or something and the Slytherin group or an evil wizard is going off and there's like a lick, a lisp, like a strong lisp, like a very tonguey. Um, It was nothing I've heard of on this planet because I I know some Navajo and I thought, once again, I'm like skinwalkers. (laughs) That's my big fear. No, because these things, they they just sounded like they were having a professional meeting back and forth, whispering to each other right outside my freaking window. I'm holding my breath again. I'm trying not to make a peep. I don't want them to sense that I'm there listening. Was it in a recognizable like, language? Or No. And I've heard some. I mean, I've learned Spanish. I, I went to a private Christian academy for high school and I was friends with people from Russia, Taiwan, a boyfriend from China, like India. I, in high school, I was around probably easily 10 different countries, Vietnamese, you name it, for three and a half years of high school. I was surrounded by people from all over the world. And I'm just laying there going, this is not a known language. And the dialect is rip tile snake like it's snake what the f so they went on whispering to each other probably for i don't know like a while (laughs) like it was like three to five minutes and i'm just like okay don't breathe loud watch your breathing all i just kept focusing on my breathing that's all i remember thinking at one point like once i realized this is dangerous my body goes into um, like primal mode, like survival mode. You know, what are we going to do to be unseen? Because I can't fight this thing probably. It's stronger than me. So you just go into hide, you know, like flight. (laughs) I was too afraid to move. Um, When they did leave, there was was this tone in their voice, like like they were talking and then they were like, (gasps) like something's coming, like, that kind of feel like they're like interrupted. They got to go. And then after they did that, there was a bright boom that like went through the room quick and out like a big, bright light. I was too scared to ever get up on my knees and look out the window during this whole thing. So I'm experiencing the audio of them because 
of the two to three inches of the window opening. I can hear them, but I don't see them too afraid to look. And then the massive bright, like boom, that lit up the whole room for a split second. And that was from outside. I mean, spaceship UFO. I don't know. That's what my mind went to. Like what else would do that? Because cars had passed by, you know what car headlights look like when a car is driving by. It was nothing like that. Or possibly the opening of a portal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Cause it was just the most powerful brightness, but in a split second, like, like just like quick, it was quick and there was no noise. There was no noise to anything. It was still silent. And then when that went away, and I am supposing they went away, then it was like crickets came back. Like a little bit of dog bark here and there. And life went back to normal. I nudged him at that point. Hey, wake up. And he's like, huh, huh. And I'm like, shh, shh, because I'm so scared. (laughs) Like, what if they're still there? There's more. So I'm like, shh. He's like, huh, what is it? I'm like whispering to him so scared and quiet okay there's like two things outside like talking in snake language like a big bright light like maybe a spaceship I don't know I'm so scared right now and he's like just he's like no no don't talk about that like lay down go to bed it's fine and I was like seriously and he's like no like we're not giving art no lay down go to sleep I was like okay fine like he had shown a little bit like I'm not like later we broke up because domestic violence. So like at this point, he's starting to act controlling. I, I, I obeyed. I was like, okay. So I went to sleep the next morning. I brought it up again when everyone's packing the van and I could like pull him aside and it's daylight outside. I did. And I said, Hey, so what happened last night? Like what? And he goes, none, no, enough of that. And I was like, I want to know what you think that like, like, what is that? Is that an alien? And he goes, we don't talk about them out here. Like pretty much acknowledging they know, but they don't speak of them. They don't speak of it. It's just not allowed. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like I'm shushed again. But he believed me. Oh, he believed me. But he was like, nope. Like what you experienced is something that's a no, no. We don't talk about that. And I was like, okay. So that, that was, uh, that was scary. Wow. To say the least. Yeah. I, once again, hindsight, now that I'm like 33 and braver, I'm like, I wish I would have looked. <laughs> but then there's a part of me that knows enough to go, well, what if they put me in a trance? What if they kidnap me by looking? Yeah. Because you don't know, like some of these people go missing and I might've been one of those people if I was just too forthright and just went for it. I think that could have happened to me. So, um, so I just followed my bodily instincts to to hide while you were sitting there listening to those (laughs) slither type voices outside the window. Yeah. Did you, were you aware of any, um, any noises that the, whatever was making that sound, I mean, could you hear them, uh, step or could you hear them like, uh, slide up against the side of the house or was there, was there any, any sound that you heard 
that would have been from the 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 physicality of them being out there i never had i never heard footsteps um the best description i could give is very stealthy like very quiet because i didn't hear anything except language excuse me i didn't hear yeah no brushing up no walking noises no um movement to the surround like they didn't kick a rock, like nothing. No, just language. Um, that was it. So that was probably what made it so eerie for me. Have you ever heard was, anything else that sounded like that language since then? Have you heard anything in any alien movies or UFO documentaries or any kind of theatrical release? Anything that was like, oh, that sounds like yeah. what i heard so depictions of like the devil in the garden of eden as a snake except it's speaking english but the dialect part like the the snake aspect yeah. um takes me back to like garden of eden snake or um like i went harry potter i'm not a huge fan but like my kids people have put it on in the background and I, when I first heard it in there, was just like, whoa, I don't like PTSD. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be reminded of that. Um, I wish I was recording it. It would be so cool. Even if I could come across, if, if anyone else ever has recorded it, I would love to find that to see if there is like, oh, wait, that's it. There's a comparison. And this has been documented before. Yeah. Um, but I have yet to take the time to dive into just that specifically. I have found a few accounts of uh, Native Americans on reservations talking about reptilians, like jumping out of the desert, chasing after a car. Like there's some pretty interesting stories mm -hmm. of, on reptilians, a few that I've come across that I'm like, you know, based on what I heard, I believe you. <laughs> like That could happen, especially out there. Um, there's a lot of crime. I mean, okay, I love Native American culture. That's why I was attracted to the man in the first place. Like, I have three beautiful children that are half Native. Uh, there's plenty of beautiful things to the culture. But the dark side is is dark. It's yeah. um, ancient. It's, like, witchcraft. And, yeah, the shape-shifting and curses and um, hexes and all the different stuff that people can put on you. Uh, relatives, if they call for your death... They don't even have to kill you themselves. They just have to order your death and they can get the power of shape-shifting and become part of that, that group. And they have their own meetup spots in the hills. And yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff. So, uh... Uncomfortable is pleased to have BetterHelp sponsoring this episode. Ten years ago, I found myself in the midst of something I never expected. I was in crisis. I needed help. I knew I needed to talk to someone, but my pride and my embarrassment of having to ask for help kept me from seeking in-person therapy. Had BetterHelp existed back then, it would have made a world of difference to me. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you will tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and your preferences in therapy. Then, BetterHelp will match you with the right therapist from their network. 
You can then talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone call, or even video call. You'll be able to message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If for any reason your therapist isn't the right fit, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you'll get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, with more scheduling flexibility, and a more affordable price. With this offer, get 10% off on your first month at betterhelp.com slash uncomfortablepodcast23. That's betterhelp.com slash uncomfortablepodcast23. First Nations accounts of Sky People, of Star People, of Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Those those have always been something that resonated with me very strongly because they are so much more of an ancient um, culture than mm-hmm. than anything that we can even perceive. You know, we're we're what. This past Fourth of July, we're technically what two hundred and forty six years old. Um, yeah, you know, it's I mean, not really old. When you think I, about. I can I can remember being around to celebrate the bicentennial, which was you know that makes me old. Um, but there's something about listening to the accounts of First Nations people mm-hmm. that their culture, their like you said, their their darker side is nothing to be effed with because right. that's some legitimate shit. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, I after all that, and I'm so much more comfortable with a ghost haunting me now. Like after that, <laughs> like ghosts were nothing. You know, as time went on, I'm like, I can deal with the ghosts. You know, I I know how to handle this. Um, I tried to tell him, like, I'm not scared. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to have your kids because I got Jesus Christ power, right? And my Christian side, and I'm going to be safe from this. And he just kind of giggle at me sometimes and say, well, I hope so. I hope it works for you because this is serious. And, you you know, and I, I started respecting it more. I didn't go out at night. And I started understanding that. When I was with him, at least, I thought it was going to be a thing for me and for my children, maybe. Uh, What's crazy is I broke up with him in 2014, and there's still been weird things. And I don't know if it's because I have his children. They're not happening to me, but like my middle son, he's been having recurring nightmares the last few months. And they're culty they're like ritualistic. They got Native American stuff in it. And I'm just like, OMG. Birth dad is out of the picture. He is not a nice guy. He is not someone I can reach out to. So I'm doing as much as I can to just study up on um, how to help protect my son um, from his dreams and just other things like that. But yeah, for a while, it felt like things did calm down. But um no, they like rear their little heads sometimes. Um, I had sleep paralysis three times in my life, but the last one I had was about five months ago, yeah, in the winter. And 
what I was dreaming of before I woke up frozen was a chief. And he was speaking to me in, I don't even think it was Navajo, some other like tribal language. And I woke up frozen and I thought, oh no, not again. Cause it had happened to me like twice before in the last, uh, the first time was 2006, no, 2015 was the first one. And then after that, it was like 2019. And so we're in like 2023, the beginning of 2023, and I'm having it happen again. But this time, there's no like Slenderman black thing standing over me peering down. So I'm just happy there's nothing staring at me as I'm frozen and I can only move my eyeballs and I'm trying to scream, but nothing's coming out. But yeah, the chief thing. So my son and I have been having like pretty strong Native American dreams the last six months or experiences. Um, so I might contact um, one of my good friends and see if she can help me out. She's kind of aware of shaman and the Native American church, the NAC, you know, like all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's very, <laughs> um, it's very apparent to me and, you know, in, whether I put this video out or not, the audio obviously will be released. And I imagine most people can probably tell by the sound of your voice, you have had a smile on your face the entire time that you've been telling me all this stuff. Not, not from the, not hard from, life. I make light of stuff. I you know, not from the standpoint of like, you're really digging all this stuff, but you know, <laughs> you're able to keep a, it makes me nervous a little bit. you know, you just, I mean, so far that there hasn't been any indication to me that you have like dwelled on the, the, the darkness of some of these things that have happened that, that doesn't seem to be like an attraction to you. Some people I talk mm -hmm. to throughout conversation, you can tell that even though they're talking about, Oh, this scared me or, Oh, I want to get rid of this or, you know, they don't always, there, there are times where you can hear it in their voice that they're perfectly content with what's going on and, and not trying to make any changes in their life to, to rid themselves of, of what's going on. And, and I don't get that from you at all. You, you, you just seem to have. I'm a mama bear. I'm a mother. That <laughs> changed a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I risked my life all the time before I had kids. Like I was a daredevil and. I was, I was really out there, did a lot of stupid stuff I shouldn't have done and, and survived it. But when I became a mom, like I was young, I was 20 with my first. So my kids now are 13, 12 and 10 and I'm 33. I had them young yeah. with him and, uh, there was domestic violence that broke out. I, I learned I had to, I had to call the cops for the first time. I had to go through custody battles. I had to survive. Um, so for me, as much as I fear these paranormal things, because there's so much unknown and we don't really know how, like what they are, how to fight them off, etc. I have seen evil in humans. And because I have seen my ex-boyfriend's eyes go black when I was attacked before and seen like really just humans do terrible things or be capable of terrible yeah. things. I think it makes me a little more brave when it comes to paranormal because because real life I is scary enough. Right. Yeah, like I developed complex PTSD from my ex and I've had to work a lot on myself 
um, coming out of that relationship. Um, I met Jimmy two weeks after, so we had to be friends for the first year and then slowly work up to, you know, friends with it. It, yeah, it took me a while to trust somebody. And, uh, I broke up with my ex in 2014. I got remarried to my best friend, my nerd friend in 2017. And he is the first person I've been able to talk to about these things. And he believed me and he was willing to listen and not get scared or cut me off, you know? And, and that was nice. And, and he, oh gosh, when I first met him, my kids were four, three and one. So the youngest practically sees stepdad as, as dad. Yeah. But yeah, um, I went through so much rough stuff in my twenties that I think that's why I can giggle <laughs> like things that are just not even funny because I'm just, I'm, I'm optimistic again. I'm working on my mental health. I'm starting the gym again. I'm just, I'm in a good mood because despite everything, I'm trying to just stay positive and accomplish things to get ready for what's to come because I know there's stuff coming. The world is changing. I have had so many more nightmares in the last year or two, like starting in 2021, than I have my entire life. And I can remember them all, which is strange too, because normally I don't. And um, yeah, there's uh, there's shifts and there's like things and, and I don't study that. Like I probably should get into astrology and get into energies and whatnot, but I just know that it just feels different. Like time is moving faster almost. And there's just little nuances in my life that are feel different, but they shouldn't because there's no reason for them to. Um, I'm aware of politics and all that. Um, They're heavy. My husband, I tend to let him like keep track of all that. I'll check in with him like, hey, tell me what you know. (laughs) But um, I'm trying to be a mom, you know, and like my kids need normalcy. And so my goal is despite the chaos in the world or the chaos that's happened to us in the past and whatnot, that I provide them with some fun and make sure they're safe at all times and in some sense of normalcy in it all. So, um yeah, I'm trying to raise my kids like it's the 90s. They don't get cell phones. They don't get, you know, like, go write someone a letter. Let's go to the pool. Like, I'm trying to keep it old school over yeah. here the best that I can for now. It's it's funny. There's a there's a couple of things that you said there that are really, you know, I, I, I understand that you're part of our Discord community. And, and these things may have been talked about. So, but you, you talked about, you know, there's there's big changes coming and Mm -hmm. i think you have to pretty much be really dense in the head or Mm -hmm. completely living your life under a rock if you don't feel the same thing because there is definitely changes that are in the wind and you said something that I have said, and I haven't heard anybody else say this yet. Um, the time is going faster. And, yeah. it, and it really feels, I, I use this term and it's out of one of my favorite movies. I'm a nerd too. Um, the Highlander. Um, okay. I call it the quickening. It feels like mm-hmm. everything is kind of on a, on a fast track to get to point B, but none of us know what point B is. Um, 
it's a, it's a strange feeling because it's, it's not with everything, but it seems to be with everything that's weird and bizarre. Yeah. It just seems like it's a, it's a quickening and, and to what it's leading to, I have no idea, but I don't necessarily get a great feeling in my gut about it. That's, that's definitely a thing. Um, I've also kind of got the idea that like the matrix, I know it sounds so cliche, but, um, I don't know, like things are being controlled or that they're not what they seem. Um, there's definitely that vibe lately that comes to my conscience when I'm like cooking or clean, just like living life. And I think, wait a minute, what if, you know, cause something's off. Like I sense it and it, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me, but I can't quite put like a, I don't, I, I don't know the answers. I mean, no one does, but I just know that intuitively my intuition's usually right. And so I'm just kind of waiting to see what, what's going to happen and being prepared for that by trying to stay um, mentally strong and try to get, you know, ready yeah. for whatever it is. But uh, even my children have said that mom, summer's going by so fast. June's already gone. And I'm like, see, even the kids are sensing this, yeah. like, you know, kids, kids don't lie and kids, kids know things too, I think. Especially kids like, you know, um, Jimmy's daughter and my middle son, they, they are sensitives. When the house is haunted, when something's up, it's me and those two that always call it out. And then there's like dad and then my older daughter and younger son who tend to just like they don't notice as much. Yeah. So um, my, my middle, my older daughter, my stepdaughter, she moved out and she's 21 now. But um, my middle son and I are still here. And so, yeah, we... Uh, sometimes have these private talks away from everyone else. He's, he's kind of shy about it, like that he's experiencing things. He doesn't want to feel like a weirdo, but I tell him, Oh no, no. Like when you get older, there's a whole group of weirdos. You can get on discord. You can, Amen. You can do what mom and dad do. We're all out here. <laughs> yeah. You're not the only one. I tell him, you know, the main thing is something like my ex had mentioned or just even in church or wherever, you know, um, Evil feeds off of fear. Mm -hmm. So like try to be brave because a lot of things will feed on your fear. So that's always like what I go back to with him is trying to like find ways to make him feel more in power in a nightmare, in a situation and um, just in general, whether that, it's bullies or monsters, whoever, you know, do not show fear. And have, having, having faith or belief in something. And I'm not necessarily mm -hmm. even saying that it has to be, God or Jesus or, you know, any one of the religions. But as long as you have something that you hold on to, that you have belief that there's, there's power in it. I don't right. care. Like I even don't, self worth I, and power. I mean, yeah. you could believe in yourself fully in that moment, you know, and it's, you love yourself enough. You want to, you want to be protect yourself. And yeah, like, I mean, even without a deity, I mean, you want to survive, like you need to have, that bravery and that willpower to fight back when the time comes. Yeah. So. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much most of it. I mean, like there's so, so, so many other random little mean, things just, like just, but, just a dog man and reptilians. That's it. 
Dogman, reptilians. Oh, Bigfoot. Yeah, that was um, my husband kind of talked a little bit on that. I didn't believe in Bigfoot until I was in the woods hearing a Bigfoot. <laughs> what did you hear? What did you hear? Oh, so we went out a ways, way out the Umqua National Forest. I think it's called Fish Lake. He said it in his interview, but it's like a two mile crazy dangerous hike in and we get there and tents getting set up fast and sun's about to go down and it's my friend's birthday she brought her boyfriend she invited us on like a double date my oldest daughter was at home watching the kids and so um she brought a bag of mushrooms and at that point i tried it like twice before just like a little bit and so i kind of had an idea of what it was gonna do but i'm like hey we're outside yeah, the darkness is coming. That's not ideal, but I trust her and it's beautiful, whatever. Her and I each take one piece. I hand the bag over to my husband for him to have like a few. Well, he eats three and then he's just like, he hated the hike in. It was bad. I overpacked on accident. <laughs> I, believe, I wish he would have left the stuff was, in the car. He was the yeah, mule, he wasn't was he? Not, he was not, well... Let's just say he didn't say he didn't want to carry it when we were leaving the parking lot to go on the hike. He could have left stuff like, you know, but whatever. So could he though? I'm sorry, honey. (laughs) No, he really could have. I was not a tyrant. I was just not used to being in the woods. I grew up with a mom that was a a, like a mall rat, like always at the mall and shopping and doesn't go camping. So I, yeah. I didn't understand that this campsite wasn't nearby. I thought I could bring a comforter instead of a sleeping bag, that I could bring a pillow. I had no idea that we didn't need cast iron to cook because she brought her own and didn't say anything. And so he just kind of grabbed it all and went for it and was carrying 100 pounds on his back, practically, probably 80 to 100 pounds. And so anyway, he wasn't in a good mood. So he's just like, uh, can I have this whole bag of mushrooms? And my friend, bless her heart, she's just super nice and like go with the flow hippie. So she's like, yeah, okay, fine. It's her birthday. <laughs> so he just monkey paws. <laughs> he has a huge hands. He just like takes a bunch of them. He's chowing down like they're really good potato chips for the next five minutes only. They were gone within like five to ten minutes. Easy. And then the sun's completely going down. And maybe a half an hour later, there was some mention of some shadow, like as it's twilight across the lake, seeing some like tall shadow move. And I I did look over, but it was so far away. I mean, the lake is medium sized. I mean, it's not super small. It's not huge. But um, I just wasn't sure. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, maybe he's seeing this. I'm not really seeing anything. So 30 minutes later, I walk back over to the edge of the lake because we're camping right on a beach. So I walk back over towards the water of my friend and we're visiting. And her boyfriend's drunk at the fire. And he's really loud behind us at the fire. He's had a ton of tequila and he's just kind of like, woohoo, and doing his thing. And he's being boisterous. He's being loud. And Jimmy's (laughs) just kind of calmly walking behind us like from the fire towards us uh, sitting down crisscross you know he's just chilling he's like super hippie and calm and uh we hear 
just yelling from across the lake at first. And I'm like, friend, she's like, fix that. Sorry. Okay. So Jimmy's walking over towards us, my friend and I, and we're talking. And her boyfriend's really boisterous and loud. So we hear yelling from across the lake. And at first I'm thinking another partying man, maybe. But then she says, shh, quiet. Like she quiets him down at the fire and she wants us all to listen. And we do. And it is howling monkey, just large primate. That is immediately the noise you recognize. Something, you know, straight out of gorillas or something. It was loud. Oh, yeah, it was pissed. It was yelling. I wouldn't say these were happy calls. Like, it was hooting really loud as if to say, you're on my territory. Immediately, I looked at her and I'm like, are you here? Seriously? Bigfoot? Really? And she laughs because it's not her first time. (laughs) So she laughs at me and says, yeah, it's it's Bigfoot. And I'm like, you're thinking you could have mentioned this. Like at any point in our friendship for the past year and a half that you believe in Bigfoot, but okay. So um, Jimmy's over there too. My husband just like, that's a primate. That's a large primate. Like he's baked. At this point, the mushrooms are kicking in, but he's just like over there saying it out loud to himself five feet from our conversation. Her and I are pretty with it. So so he's not talking to you guys. He's he's talking to himself. Out loud to himself. And she's like, that's primate. Loud yelling primate across the way. He made it funnier. But yeah, and I'm just like, first thought, I got to get home alive. I got kids at home. I'm sleeping out here tonight. There's no way we're getting back to the car. And in the dark, I don't want to walk that back in the dark with that thing out there. So at that point, I realized my husband, my protector, a big guy, big, tall guy, 300 pound tall guys, (laughs) toasted. We have a handgun that we just bought two weeks ago that I've never practiced with. And uh, I'm on guard duty tonight. Like, I'm the protector. This is great. We're stuck here. There's no way we're leaving. And there was one other group of people that were just like, I don't know, like 30 feet kind of diagonally behind us, more in the woods and with like California license plates. And they were having very kind of what I'd say mundane, shallow, kind of boring conversations and just chill, like a group of six young people in their 20s. They never reacted to it. They never came over to us and said, like, hey, did you hear that too? And I always wondered, like, did they just think we were crazy on drugs and alcohol, assuming we were hearing something that we weren't? Maybe they assumed being so shut off mentally that it was what a mountain lion pretending to be a monkey like i've never heard of that but the way they weren't caught like caught off guard and they didn't like seem to change at all they just kept going about their normal night after that look look. i looked over that direction after this happened and was like how come these people and then i thought well Maybe they're so sidetracked they didn't hear it because we were right on the edge of the water looking to the direction that it was yelling across from, which would have had to be like a quarter 
of a mile maybe across the lake. Do you think there's a chance that they could have been used to it? When you look, when you looked at their um, camping setup, did it look like they were accomplished outdoorsmen? You know, did did it look like they knew what they were doing, and maybe they spent a lot of time out there, and it was not a surprise to them? No, it looked like the city and REI, and like just <laughs> <laughs> well put, no, REI. <laughs> no, it, it looked like they were trying to be fashionable and and be cool, and um. They didn't even have all the like survival stuff you would really yeah. need. I don't even like no one had a flashlight. Like no one had, they didn't bring a dog. They didn't bring weapons. They didn't bring nothing. They didn't have anything that I would, it's just a lot of bright brand new, like money, like yeah. a lot of money and fashion. And that's all I really noticed. Um, and every time I would, I can't help but hear other people's conversations. It's not that I'm trying to be nosy. Um, I've actually on only one drink at a bar before a few different times. And I know this wasn't because I was intoxicated. have gotten the spins and had to like vomit just because I'm taking in so many rowdy conversations in one area and I'm hearing them all at once. And I don't know how to block them out, which has caused me to even, like I said, in a bar situation, like get sick. And I'm like, husband's like, you had one drink. You, you're like almost done with your first beer. Are you okay? I'm like, I ate, I'm fine. It's, them it's all the chaos like it'll make me dizzy because i can hear every conversation you, within it, like that, so much area of me do you think that's something that is is a side effect of your maybe like autism adhd yeah. i mean i'm not technically diagnosed with anything but i've studied them a lot because when jimmy and i were dating things were kind of off and hard for us socially sometimes. And so I figured out he was autistic first. And that explained a lot. He, he took a test online, like a legit one. And um, he got kind of emotional. He was like, oh, wow, this is a thing. I thought I was the only one. And I was like, weird, but this is a thing. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I got in like a woman's autism group. Actually, I got in a group of um, neurotypical regular women who were married to autistic men. And I ended up defending the autistic men so much that there was a troller in there and she personal messaged me and grabbed me aside and said, hey, you don't belong in that group. Take this quiz. I think you're autistic. You're not like those other catty women and you don't fit in in there. And she like pulled me. She like guided me to my side and she she got me help and tested. And it turned out that like, yeah, I'm on the spectrum, too. And, um, so yeah, but I, it, it might be, cause when you look at the, the symptoms of ADHD that people talk about or autism, that is, you know, noises, we have a hard time, like with our senses, like blocking out, I'm bright lights, our irritants, um, certain noises, volumes. Like when I go to fireworks, sometimes I have to use ear protection. Yeah, that, that could be part of it, but like my husband has it and he can block people out. He's not hearing a conversation like 10 feet across the room sometimes, like even if it's quiet, like he's not doing that. And I'm picking up on energies, vibes, as you call it. Um, I can pick up on an into, like the feeling of a building. If I walk into a new place, I can kind of get a sense of like, you know, how does this make me feel? Am I ease, at ease? 
just neutral or am I like freaked out? And sometimes I'll go back and look at the history of a building, especially if it's older and see if there's any cause or like how correct my intuition has been. But like, I'm a busy mom, so I don't, I don't really get to put like a whole lot of time in figuring out my little maybe powers or talents or whatever you want to call them because I'm just so focused on trying to do those things. But maybe it's something that in time I should make time for because it could be interesting. It's an interesting description that you give because uh, I have found the majority of my young adult and all through adult, um, I can be in a, I can be in an allowed environment having a conversation with somebody that's right in front of me. And I struggle to be able to hear what they're saying because I hear the conversations around me. Right. And it's a very distracting thing. And, you know, I went to, and I, and I have a terrible time reading. I mean, I can read fine. I can read very well, but I cannot, I don't, I got to restart all the constantly. It's like, I'll get a paragraph or two into it. And my brain is jumping to, I haven't talked to Bob in a while. Jeez, I got to pay the bills. Oh shit. I forgot to take out the trash. And then next thing I know, I'm like, shit, I got to go back and start at the top. And in, in halfway through, I got the same thing is happening, you know? Um, so the doctor told me I had like late onset ADHD. Yeah, that's and, ADHD. That's what I was about to say. And, that's and, that, yeah. You know, he wanted to put me on um, Adderall and I was like, I don't think I need that. I mean, reading for me, it would be nice to be able to read, but it's, it's not something that's dramatically affecting my life in a negative manner. Um, you know, if it's something that is interesting enough for me, I can push through it and I can eventually get it read, but to like sit down and read a novel for enjoyment. No, that never happens. Never going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. It's hard to stay focused too long on one yeah. thing. Now, if it's your special interest, like sometimes that right. definitely makes it easier. Um, have you tried jumping kind of around on a page and hitting like the main topics or main words, like kind of like what a quick reading yeah, almost speed reading. Yeah. Speed I, reading. I'm good at that. I, noticed, I, yeah. I got through high school like that. Yeah. I got through high school like that. You know, like English class where you had to read withering heights and you know, whatever, all the, the old classics that we had to read in, um, in advanced English. That's how I got through yeah. it. Note taking too. Note taking is pretty big for my ADHD because um, I'll have great ideas and then I will forget things. And the memory, like short term memory is not doing really well. Now, if I work out, exercise, eat better and take some vitamins that will get better. But um, my long term memory is great. It's just kind of like when I'm so super distracted and in the moment, I have to write things down and put reminders about to help me stay yeah. on task. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought about going on stuff too, like pharmaceuticals, but um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right for me. I'm not going to say it's wrong for other people. I just personally, I need to be really in touch with my soul and what's going on around me 
And I don't feel like I'm going to necessarily grow through all this if I'm dosed up on stuff that's altering my brain. And so for me, it's important, even on days that it sucks and it's not easy to just be organic me. (laughs) And that's the goal. Yeah, we all like, yeah, I'll drink sometimes or I'll smoke like weed is definitely alcohol can be kind of hard on my ADHD. I've noticed um, depending on what it is, like the hangovers suck. I don't know. Like I can't do hangovers very well. They're really bad. But like marijuana, marijuana has been pretty friendly when I do have it. I tend to do really well on that. So that helps with sleep. I've been avoiding it lately. I haven't smoked pot in almost two years, but I haven't been sleeping well either. So I think that I should consider going back to marijuana for sleep. And who knows? Maybe I would have interesting dreams on that. Be worth a try. Uh, part of me is afraid it will shut everything off too. We'll see. I can at least try. Well, it's from, legal here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's it's starting to be legal in a lot of places. Um, yeah. I, I worry about, and, and I'm in no way, shape or form saying that I have any kind of abilities because I, I've been told that I do, but I don't, it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I believe I'm an empath, you know, because I have, mm-hmm. I, I can have conversations and I'm like literally exhausted after them um, because there's so much um, emotional entanglement with, with that conversation. Um, but I think there's, I think there is a, there, there's a big truth to, keeping your vibrations, keeping your frequency at a, at a high level. And, and that, that is a good place for you to be. And when, when you start doing things that knock down that frequency and knock down that vibrational level, I think you become more susceptible to things. And by things, I, I, everything from, um, states of depression and mm-hmm. on through possibly, you know, oppressive type stuff. Um, oh, I've gone through that. Yeah. Being able to come yeah, through. Those aren't fun places to be in. Yeah. So I think, I think it's best. I mean, if you can keep your vibrations high and uh, mm-hmm. while doing that, you know, if it puts you in a good place and, and doesn't try to dumb down any of your, your senses or, or dull any of them, or mask any of them. Um, I think it's fine, but you know, if you're, if I don't know, I, I like, we'll see. I mean, I'm hesitating from doing it. I bought it like a week ago. Smells amazing. There's no reason why I'd be putting it off, but I just don't feel like doing it. So we'll see. I, I like to follow my gut instinct just because all the times I haven't and just all the regrets that I wish I would have. So I'm trying to listen to that, that core instinct and and obey and follow that. Um, so yeah, I always say, listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, listen to your so, gut. So yeah, with the Bigfoot thing, after it called out at the lake, um, they left. <laughs> my girlfriend and her boyfriend left so she could go take like a bathroom break in the forest, and it's pitch black. Jimmy's laying on the ground next to the fire, trying to stay warm because he thinks he's freezing. And no joke, you could kind of feel like the freezing ground when you laid on the ground coming through. I mean, mushrooms are a trip. You feel everything. 
And he had a lot. So he's like this huge guy and he's shivering cold. I'm like, here's your big Carhartt jacket. Lay it over him. Lay next to the fire. So I put him next to the fire and he's staring at the sky. He is like calling me over. It's, oh my gosh, look at this. And I thought, oh, here we go. Because you know, I'm on one shroom. I totally feel like I'm the babysitter, right? I'm pretty with it. I lay down. No joke. There are three green lights in a triangle pattern way up there with the stars in the sky. The crazy thing is they're doing this <laughs> calmly back and forth in the same pattern. And he's like, extraterrestrials, UFOs, right? I mean, are you seeing this too? Because he, he knew he had a lot. And yeah. I said, oh, wow, you weren't kidding. Like, this is really there. And I thought, huh. And then he goes, remember what your friend said about him, me, or like it being a portal thing, like portal jumping or possibly from another place. He's like, look at that stuff floating above us. And I was like, you know, maybe like Sasquatch uses portals. I mean, the thing disappears immediately. No one's caught it. That right there should be a huge indication <laughs> that, you know, if you can vanish into thin air, that's portals. You know, and so to me, it's just common sense. Like, yeah. And um, the smell that came through camp, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you like, got I was on guard at the same time. Like, yeah, he has me look up at the sky. I get up. I go to tend to the fire. They're still gone. It's only they've only been gone at this point for like seven minutes. And this horrific smell. And of course, me as the wife, I'm like, because at first it was really bad sulfur. I'm like, did you fart? He goes, no, why? And I knew he was like, because he was like caught off guard. I knew he wasn't lying. And then it got worse. It turned from like sulfur eggs to just like dead animal and skunky and just thick. Yeah. And I was pretty far from him because I started walking to go investigate the other way. So there's no way like a gust of air, no human fart, <laughs> even if it in the wind would have taken up this much space. And I was walking towards our left because I noticed the tall grass that was in between our beach and campground, like marshy, tall grass area. And then the Californians are on the other side of that. And this tall grass is moving. It's moving like there's an animal going through it. it And I'm hearing, yes. And I'm hearing water lapping, like something's drinking out of the lake. So I yell over to the husband. I'm like, hey, Jimmy. Did they have a dog? The neighbors do like the, the other people here when we came in, because my husband notices like all that stuff. I'm more like listening to audio where he's like visually noticing his surroundings. And he goes, no, there's no dog out here. And I said, you're sure they didn't have a big dog. He's like, nope. And I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, what, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing, nothing. You just stay there and relax here. Cause he's messed up. <laughs> And so I'm like, I grab the flashlight, like the, we had a big one, like a hunk and heavy one. Thank God. So I can bat something over the head. I have a knife in my pocket and that's it. I didn't even take the gun out. Cause I'm like, I can't use this gun fast enough for it to do me any good. And I start going towards the grass and it's like nothing. Cause I saw it moving. So I go over there. It's nothing. I just hear the lapping noise. And then the lapping noise stops. And I'm ready for this thing to run through the grass and exit, right? Like run away. I'm going to see the grass move again. Nothing. So I got brave enough. I went in the grass 
with the light to where I heard the lapping. Like the grass was about to like shoulder height on shoulder about shoulder height on me. And there's nothing. There's like a trail mark where people had kind of walked in there, but there was no creature. It just vanished. Whatever was there was moving into the water, drinking water. And then when I grabbed the flashlight and was like ready to go investigate, it just went away. And there was, I went in the grass and I looked around as I'm looking around in the grass, my friend's coming back in to camp with her boyfriend. And she's like, what are you doing? Joy? Everything. Okay. And I'm like, like, I know at this point, I'm like, what, what do I say? I'm like, uh, yeah. So she comes close and I'm like, yeah. So, uh, there's no dog apparently. Right. She's like, yeah. Right. I'm like, okay. Something was lapping up water. It was sounded like a freaking big breed dog or great Dane or some shit. I saw the grass move, dude. There should be a big animal here. There's nothing. And the smell. And she goes, are you serious? She knew. And I was like, the smell that came into camp was so gross and so bad. And it lingered. It lingered for a while. And she is just like, oh, wow, he must really like you. And I'm like, Sasquatch likes me. She's like, well, maybe he senses that we're on mushrooms and he just like feels at ease in our presence. And he's just coming by to scope things out. Here she is always thinking on the bright side, which was very common of her. We're never in danger. Let's just go with the flow of everything. Everything's fine. And I'm thinking he was yelling (laughs) across the lake pretty loud and aggressive and territorial, like, you know, an hour ago. So I don't necessarily feel like he's friendly, but she goes, well, look, if he got this close and Jimmy's laying over there and you were up, if he wanted to hurt you, he could have, he would have, he could have got you maybe. Right. And I'm like, okay. So she starts to call me down. Bedtime's coming. Maybe like a good friend and a mom. She's like trying to let me relax. Cause she wants to go to bed at some point. That's kind of the vibe I got. You know, she's just trying to make sure everyone stays chill about Bigfoot. So we all go to sleep. And we did soon after that, like I went to the tent and like, we gave Jimmy a bunch of alcohol to bring him down. You know, when you, so the aunt, <laughs> you have too many shrooms, drink a bunch of booze and you'll go back to normal. Really? So we gave him like, yeah, that's how you come down off of them. So for her and I, how we came down off of one is we had like a beer each. I mean, the less you do, the less alcohol you need to neutralize, but like to go to bed, to yeah. not stay up. So her and I had a beer and uh, we gave Jimmy like a fifth. We gave him liquor because the boyfriend had had liquor. So we're like, okay, we're giving Jimmy tequila, like straight tequila. Jesus. And maybe in a few hours, he'll be able to go to bed. And he did. And, and it works. Like, it's weird how that she taught me about all that. I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's crazy because you drink and you never get buzzed. You just go back to sober. That doesn't seem yeah. healthy. <laughs> right? <all. laughs> I know. It somehow neutralizes it, your brain, maybe. Yeah. So um, that night was scary. Jimmy slept like a baby. And uh, <laughs> I was like... Uh, I didn't sleep very good and I couldn't wait the next day to leave. But the one last creepy thing about this is in the morning, we're making breakfast at the fire with all our cast iron that we carried in. Yay. Jimmy carried in. And 
yeah, I carried one of the cast irons, but yeah, I carried him stuff too. I got so on him for that. I'm like, all you did was complain about me and your interview. What the heck? And he goes, well, we had an argument the day before and I had a bunch to drink and I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, I love you too. Whatever. <laughs> like you made me sound like a Karen and a tyrant. What the heck, Jimmy? Yeah, I gave, I gave him shit for that. Um, but it's okay. It's whatever. <laughs> We've been married for like six years. So um, we're, we're still babies and all this. Uh, so the next morning, up on the mountainside to the left, like veering up and to the left, there's a clearing where there's like no trees. There's always trees. There's no fires out in this area. Like Oregon, when we have fires, there's bald spots, but. There were beautiful trees everywhere. There was no bald spots from fires, but there was this big clearing and there was what looked like, I wish I remembered the exact term of what it looked like because I did find a documentary on it a month ago, but the closest word I could come up with yesterday, last minute for this interview was uh, like Stonehenge, like literally like what looks like man-made or intelligent made placements of stones, like a house. in stones on top to the left and i point that out to the husband and he's like oh yeah i saw that last night when we were coming in i was putting up the tent i noticed that right away and i'm like well yeah because he's the visual one i'm like yeah i didn't but in the morning i did that was eerie that was creepy in fact my well my first thought was i want to go up there are you i want to go up there but i gotta go home to my kids but i'd love to hike up there because i thought is that the portal has that something to do with the portal? So you're not saying that it looked like stone, uh, part of a stone foundation of a, an old cabin that might have been there. This was like a, a distinctive placement of, of rocks and a pattern to, to kind of create oh, yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Nothing from like the last hundred years. We're talking ancient. We're talking like what you see. Um, they have some of them over in the Europe area, I think. Like I looked them up online. Um, but these things are like thousands of years old. They're really old or at least a thousand. They're old and they're not man made as in like, no, it wasn't like right. a foundation to a cabinet. No, huge boulders cut out in nice slabs <laughs> to wow. make four sides and a top. And the top was just a flat and another, like a stone was just set on top. And it was just up there in its magnificent glory, like some kind of God or, you know, idol by itself. And there was no vegetation around this thing, but there was everywhere else. And that immediately stood out to me as out of place super creepy yeah i want to go look at it now but i don't have time um we had to hike out soon and get back to our kids but also there was a huge snowstorm coming in and it was the end of may so we were pretty high up in the mountains um yeah uh, it was uh i would love to go back there sometime but i need to do it when my kids are a little older maybe i need to write a will make sure that what about a, you know, I just, could, do you remember where it was well enough where you guys could uh get drone footage of of it i mean is is this something that you've heard other people talk about 
Yeah, I mean, I believe my husband definitely in his interview got the name right. I want to say it's either Fish Lake or First Lake. It's one of the two. And it's out in the Umqua National Forest. And we don't own a drone. But yeah, I mean, any any person who has a drone and takes the time, you can hike out there. There's a parking spot. You can take the hike. Um, so it's taking, not something that you guys just happen to discover. It, it it's it's known about. Have you ever been? Oh, any well, anyone who visits the lake. I mean, I'd be shocked if you didn't look up at some point. I mean, if you stand there and you do a three sixty, yeah, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. Have you ever tried to find anything online about the the origin of it or? what it's supposed to I be. I should have. Yeah, I can't believe I have it now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, I kind of came back from that trip and I was just exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to forget a lot of this stuff because I loved the forest and I loved going out there with her all these times prior for a year. And then all of a sudden now there was this danger aspect and yeah. I was kind of bummed about it. But um, but no, that's a great idea. I'm I'm actually like, yeah, I should have. I will. I'm going to go look into that tonight and see if I can. Um, well, the only other Bigfoot thing well, out sure there in the Umpqua <laughs> National Forest. Yeah, the only other thing out in the Umpqua National Forest was a few months after that. She grabbed me up one afternoon and was like, hey, you want to go look at the Indian caves? And I'm like, of course I do. So kids stayed with dad and she rushed me back out, same direction as the trail to this lake, except you know, same general area. And we're out driving for about an hour to get there from town. And uh, the cave is not really deep. It's just, in, in, you know, it's like it only goes 10 feet in and it's pretty wide. But there's really magnificent drawings on the walls. Really? And I did take pictures of those. Yeah, because you want to kind of like solve the symbols and figure yeah. out what it means. Now, we have the Cow Creek Native Tribe and a casino in this town. Um, but what was creepy is what happened when we first got there. So we got there, a little like one lane gravel road, right? This is BLM land. So like you pretty much bring a chainsaw because there could be a log randomly, like a tree fell or something blocks the road. So everyone has their like a little personal chainsaw on the back of their Jeep or truck and, you know, you make it work. So we're doing that and uh, we park right in front of the cave. We get out, you know, we each had one mushroom on the way there, some cigarettes and, you know, we're having girl time. And so we got to take a pee. So we're like peeing in the freaking bushes in the side of the road there and as we're peeing we hear something scream out and it sounds like a drunk dude and it's like 3 p.m in the afternoon on a wednesday middle of the week and i'm like oh great there's some asshole out here with us like i don't want to deal with that and i said did you bring your gun she goes no did you bring anything no i'm like oh great like this is not what I want to hear right now I gotta get home to my kids that's always in the back of my head I'm a mom she wasn't at the time so um this thing that yells out like a rambunctious drunk guy yells out twice and then stops and then pauses then yells out again and I'm like but it's he's never speaking English he's just doing like loud cat calls from the dense woods and I'm thinking back to when we were coming in and I'm like, dude, I didn't see a turnoff. Where would this party be? And she goes, 
I didn't either. We know that normally if people party out there, not only do they do it on weekends, but they mark it with like an um, empty beer, big beer box to kind of say like, here's the party, turn off here because you get lost out there. Yeah. There's a lot of twists and turns. <laughs> so they mark it. There was no marking coming in. There was no sign of humans, no cars, nothing. Eventually this, what we think to be drunk yelling thing turns into owl hooting loud owl hooting i look at her and i'm like because when it was yelling her her reasoning was well we better be careful it could be a cougar i've heard they can mock screaming like women or children like cougars can mimic people i'm like well that's reassuring i really don't want to come across a big cat but then it started howl or not howling um, an owl it was um hooting it was hooting like a very loud owl. And that's when even she got spooked a little because she like her eyebrow went up and I go, dude, it's the daytime. Like, <laughs> owls aren't out in the daytime going off crazy like that. And then there's her. She's always like, well, whatever, you know, fate's going to predict us. Mother nature. We're good. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, she's like, we're not going to turn around. We just got here. We're fine. And I said, what if it's Bigfoot again? And she goes, well, I get a peaceful feeling right now. Do you? And I'm like, not really, because I don't know what that thing is that's changing animal, like from human to an owl. Like what next? What animal is going to come out of this thing next? But it stopped. It like had went quiet after doing the owl thing for like three minutes straight on and off and annoying us. So we're like, okay, we're going to walk in the caves. I could see the Jeep from inside the cave. And all I'm thinking is if something comes between (laughs) me and the Jeep, it's on because I got one exit. If that thing, whatever it is, figures out we're trapped like that was on my mind. For sure. So I didn't have a great time looking at the pictures in the cave because the whole time I'm watching my back. I'm watching the street down below in the car, making sure I always have my exit available. And that thing is not stalking us and coming up on us. Um, So I quickly took pictures. I asked to leave after 10 minutes in the cave and her talking about the history and some of the other Native American stuff that she's heard. We get back in the Jeep. I'm ready to go. I'm super happy. On the way out, we looked for signs of people. We looked for like tracks up roads, um, the the symbols of like, hey, there's a party, like yeah. empty beer boxes, anything. The noise of cars driving. We had the windows down. We had the music turned off. And we were trying to figure it out on the way out. We went slowly past it. There was nothing. And so in hindsight, based on like my research, I would say that would be like more skinwalker where they can mimic, they they can mimic your wife. They can mimic your child. They can sound like any human. They can also mimic mimic animals. So, um, well, there's, there's a lot of reports. There's a lot of reports of, of Bigfoot. Um, I, I experienced myself, uh, in the Huron Manistee National Forest, um, the hooting of the hooting owl. Um, and mm-hmm. there were, there were three of them and it repeated in a pattern. There was one directly across the river from me. There was one behind us down, uh, back from the way we came. And then there was one way up ahead of us and it, it hooted 
this it sounded like an owl but it didn't exactly sound like an owl um right it, it was kind of like a it was it it sounded strange it wasn't right and um later later it was followed by tree knocks and then oh wow in an hour later after everybody had gone to their uh um to their hammocks to sleep i had technical failures on all of the equipment that i had my hammock wasn't worth a shit everything sucked it started raining but i then i started hearing loud splashes in the river and it was oh, no. way way louder than fish jumping and and eating bugs off the surface these were like large mm-hmm. rocks being thrown into the into the water um so my son uh, up in Petoskey, Michigan, uh, while working, he's a geologist. He was working at uh, the KOA campground that was um, they were they were doing a um, increasing the size of the campground. They were adding a new addition to it, and they had to do some ground testing. While they were out there, he had a massive tree being shook back and forth, and him and the two drillers, all three of them, heard the sounds of what they thought was a a woman muffled woman speaking or a child off in the distance mm-hmm. and so i don't think it's necessarily got to be a skinwalker thing uh, uh, those attributes have all been uh, accounted for with with bigfoot and the whole thing with you guys urinating um that can <laughs> often that that scent can often be um taken as a uh, a territorial marking by a different predatory animal so if it was if it was close enough to smell you guys urinating it may have thought that you were trying to mark your territory and it was not Mm -hmm. happy about it right yeah i never thought of that but that that makes sense yeah like the animal world and how they would take that because it definitely started like we urinated we lit up our cigarettes and then boom that's when it started yeah and that was just eerie and i haven't been out since then and And that was uh, they do tend to have uh, according to a lot of the the accounts they do have uh, a tendency to um be fascinated by human women um, oh really yeah and i did get the vibe that it liked her and i maybe more than our our men yeah, yeah. like th- i definitely got that vibe too but i didn't want to say anything to the guys because like they would have got jealous <laughs> would have started a whole big argument but um i didn't feel super unsafe i mean i should have been way more scared than i was but when she said she always got good vibes with Bigfoot mm-hmm. out and about when he was around or it was around, I kind of got where she was coming from. Cause that was the, the first thing I felt too. Like, even though it was yelling across the lake, um, I wasn't expecting it to come murder me in my sleep. Right. It was kind of like a, Hey, I'm here. You're on my land. I think it was yelling at her boyfriend to shut up because he was the one that was being loud before this started. You know, he was yelling and he was being rambunctious and 
maybe Bigfoot was tired of hearing his crap echo across the lake. And that's why it started then. And then once he calmed down after that, there was no more yelling across the lake. And when he wandered off with her to go to the bathroom, my husband's out, you know, on the ground in his own world, practically can't really get up and walk and do much. It did come to check me out at the camp. And like, so I have always considered, I don't want to say Bigfoot isn't dangerous because I've recently seen a few pictures and videos or heard podcasts where multiple Bigfoots are surrounding home in like California, just crazy stuff. Like you can tell like these Bigfoot are not pleasant or there's like demonic presences involved in these stories. Right. But in my account at the lake, I didn't feel like I was going to die that night. I felt a lot more calmer about it than I should have been. Um, And then that other time we were out in the woods, that was more creepy. Her and I were more on edge at the Indian caves because it wasn't monkey. It wasn't necessarily Bigfoot. And I think that's what made us more afraid. I will say, though, that it went silent at the caves. That whole, like, all the bugs stop, the birds stop. That happened when this, we assume, guy was yelling out out of nowhere. (laughs) Like, what, some dudes just out in the middle of the woods by himself cat calling and yelling at us loud but everything else stopped and her and i did point that out in between the yells and the owl hoots we were like everything turned off the air was so thick the silence was consuming and that's how we knew oh crap there's another thing that's happening that's paranormal right now yeah yeah. That was how we knew. Strange stuff. <laughs> the other thing uh, that you don't hear in a lot of, a lot, but it does pop up in several encounters is um, them making themselves known to women who are camping when they are um, menstruating. Yeah, we, no one was on their period during that trip. So <laughs> that I can, re- no, no. I mean, she could have been, I wasn't. Um, I was hoping to have a romantic date night <laughs> when I left the house. <laughs> I'm thinking, ooh, we get to go camping. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't exactly going to be like a romantic date, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> we'll do that a different weekend, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. In this case, well, she might have been because she's just one of those people that she would like free bleed with leggings and do weird. (laughs) I'm not saying weird people in other continents do these things and it is considered a thing. Um, I never knew about this till I met her, Um, but she could have been and there would have been like really not a huge indication to me because she'll just wash her black leggings in the water nearby or just, you know, very go with the flow, very what you would consider hippie. Um, She's a beautiful human being though. Beautiful person. Um, I miss her a lot. We haven't, we haven't hung out in a while because of other circumstances that came up, but she's someone that I'll always remember. And, and who was like a pure soul, a very good person. You don't run into those that often. Right. I know. Like I'm 33 and I've known two, maybe three. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully I, I hope to find more 
I'm trying to be more social. I'm trying. It's hard. I'm socially awkward. Is it? Yeah. I'm trying to get on Discord and and follow my husband's lead because he's really good with strangers and I'm really good with depth. I'm good with, I'm not good at making the friends, but once I have them, I'm really comfortable in the depth of having a relationship. So we differ that way. He's more comfortable with the other. So, yeah. Well, we are always around. So anytime you want to be in the discord, please join us. It's, uh, it's turned into a really wonderful community. A lot of, a lot of great people in there and, uh, and we just haven't had any problems. Everybody's positive and it's a, it's a great thing. So I can't figure out what this noise is. It, it, that noise. Can you hear it? Yeah. It, it's, it's driving it, me insane. I have unplugged the charger. I have like looked up every other open thing and I'm just like, what is doing this? It is so annoying to me. Some kind of a notification. Well, or- my husband has always loved his notifications because he used to be on a on call and travel the world. So yeah. we had this big talk about turning off your notifications when I'm staying the night or when we're hanging out, you know, yeah. it was like, I'm tired of your phone going off all the dang time. Like, no, <laughs> but I'm using his laptop and I'm just like, Oh, I'm trying to figure this out. If we would have used like maybe my phone, I don't have any notifications. I'm yeah. a loner. Like yeah. I turn mine off. I mostly. should, I should be able to get rid of most of them and editing. I'm sorry. So it's all right. I just, I've tried, I've gone through, this is my fifth time just now trying to look for what it is. I turned off discord. I closed out a few things. I thought maybe it was the charger. So I've even, that's how I lost, lost you battery because i was trying so hard to figure out but um he'll probably know immediately what it is when i ask him tomorrow (laughs) yeah well joy uh two hours well spent with you it's been uh it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh i love your energy you're uh you got a bright smile and uh it's nice to see somebody who hasn't been adversely affected by by the things that uh, tend to go bump in the night. Uh, my sleep's been affected. I will say, I wish I could say nothing, nothing has, but um, sometimes like dreams, uh, traveling to other places in my dreams. I, I have insomnia pretty bad. And like last night I decided I never do this, but I was like, I'm going to listen to this YouTube thing on Dogman. And uh, it turns out the lady had died soon after this was posted up by a guy named Jeff and the whole story. And and so if I listen to this and I try to go to bed, I'm getting up and shutting windows, even though we have no AC and the house is hot. I'm like, yeah, I'll leave the screen door that's metal open all night on the two doors. But I will not sleep with my husband at work in this house with my windows open, even with like guns and dogs because I know what's out there. And so I'm like, Nope, I'm not taking a chance. I I will lock all my windows and doors and just use the, the metal like screen doors to get airflow and, and a bunch of fans and stuff. But yeah, I have a hard time at night when it comes to being alone in my house because that's when I'm most like nervous. Yeah. 
is when I'm alone. Yeah. But for the most part, I would say like, yeah, it doesn't affect me except my insomnia started getting really, really bad after I was about 20. Really? Yeah. It went from 11 p.m. in high school's late. I'm okay to as I was having my children, I would try to force myself to go to bed by 12, 1230. Um, when we moved to Oregon five years ago is when it got the worst. It's when I could stay up till 3 a.m. and then wake up at 7 and on four hours of sleep, be dead tired, try to take naps when the kids are at school for part of the day. I've only kept a few jobs. Um, my husband has a pretty crazy schedule and we don't have family help for childcare or anything. But yeah. still, I mean, I would like to go work part time or, or they're all in school. Like I should be able to do something. But my biggest struggle is getting myself to knock out at a uh, good time. And that is something that I, I've struggled hard with, for especially since 2020 in the pandemic. It only got worse. It used to be 1 a.m. The pandemic hit and it was like, now I'm fighting 2 to 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, what is this? And so that is, I would say, my only main struggle. I've worked on myself. I've worked on so much. But uh, I tried melatonin. Gave me horrific nightmares. Vivid, horrific nightmares. So I was like, not sleeping well on melatonin. Because <laughs> I was waking up in panic attacks like twice a night. Alcohol. I sleep for three hours and wake up wide awake. <laughs> like... I've tried a lot of things just to try to see. And uh, so far in the past, like in 2019, I tried weed for a while to go to bed and that did help. It, I would just be kind of groggy the next day for a few hours. But yeah, no, it's hard. And I've thought about going to a doctor and being like, hey, I need sleep meds. But I saw my mom on that. Man, if there was a fire, if that house is burning down, she was like, dead weight i would have had to like drag her butt out of the house so i yeah, don't want to be like that you know no, I, I i have no desire to try sleep meds because everybody that i've talked to um and I, I don't think it's a physical addiction to it i don't think the mm -hmm. drugs are what causes physical addiction but um they definitely get dependent on them and they get a little mm -hmm. freaked out if they if they're out or they don't have them because then they're like I can't sleep without my Lunesta or whatever whatever the brand is, and uh, yeah, even like melatonin with Jimmy, um, he started doing that when he was working more graveyard. Um, he started two and a half years ago, and I've noticed it like the three milligram dose had to go up to five, and on weekends. You know, like if, if he drinks a little bit of beer and stuff, that helps. But I'll still be like, you should just take your melatonin every night. Or if he doesn't, he doesn't sleep as good. Yeah. yeah. Like your body becomes adjusted to what you're taking for sure. So, yeah, it was good talking to you. Talking I was so you nervous leading up to it just because I've, I've never been videotaped and like done an interview in my life ever. It did um, I tend to just have a few personal friends that I talk to. Yeah. Um, so this is a big stretch for me to just kind of throw it out there you and be like, great. Hey, you did great. Yeah. Minus that damn noise, man. I'm telling you the perfectionist <laughs> in me is like, I can still hear that thing. I'm like, yeah. F that noise. It's like the bug that needs to die now. No. So anyway, you got to get on a campfire soon, don't you? Yeah, in about a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say it's Friday. Jimmy works tomorrow. Cause he had, Monday and Tuesday off for the yeah. fourth. 
his truck driving goes along with whatever the mills are doing because he's a chip truck driver. So if they're off, he's off and he doesn't like that. He likes the schedule. But so yeah, he's working tomorrow. So he's not available to help me with this or do a campfire. Well, you're more than welcome. Hopefully we see you over there. Yeah, my phone will be a lot easier than this computer for me to manage. (laughs) Okay, I have a bottle of red wine somewhere. I think I'll like try that. (laughs) I think... I think I might have to pour myself. Get outside where there's some freaking airflow. Yeah. Yeah. Joy, thanks so much for being with us tonight. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, great stories. Man, that that was, that was cool. The dog, the dog man thing that, that one scares me that, that I don't think dog man is something that is natural to our, uh, our everyday world. I think that is, I think that's something that. Oh, that was pure evil. There was nothing except, yeah, that was just of of the encounters I've had. That one in the reptilian to me were way more dark and eerie and unnatural than Bigfoot or the other noise in the woods, which was a little like skinwalkers. That's even in the daytime. I'm, I'm on edge about that, but nothing compared to like dog man. I mean, we're talking size and like just mean, there was nothing. And I feel like that might've been what was behind the house all the years kind of too, or something that was like stalking me in a sense. And it it didn't feel good. Um, so I, I live across the street now. I, I kind of first foresaw that almost because I walked up this street when I was 16 one day. And I looked around at all the nice houses and on the neighborhood, you know, and there's like one house. It's like a mansion. I call it the beauty and the beast mansion. This guy just like made it piece by piece and it's gorgeous and big. And I got to tour that place three years ago. I met them because I'm their neighbor. (laughs) and I finally got to look in the house. I've always wanted to look in, but, um, I thought, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to live on a street like this? Like these people are so lucky, whatever. And yeah, I'm there. Like, I didn't think I would ever live here, but I do. And I'm really close to where all this stuff happened across the street. There's like the main road, a little Creek. And literally I can see that whole place that my mom lived at called Knowles Harris. I live up on a hill across the street from it. So the coyote, the dog man, that was all across the street from where I'm currently living. So I am, there's eeriness feeling sometimes outside and I am aware and my kids are not allowed to like take the trash out at night or, you know, like go outside alone. Like they have to be with us. Yeah. And, uh, I still like living here. It's beautiful. Um, it's a small town that I'm comfortable with. I think that's part of autism is like liking what you know, in a sense. And yeah, but, uh, most people around here don't, I think, notice this or realize it most of the people living over at null terrace across the street are retired people from california like i don't (laughs) they're just trying to retire and be at peace and i don't i've I've never met anyone even classmates from back in the day who've ever brought up paranormal activity um until i met my one girlfriend she's like five years younger than me so she was much younger than me growing up through school, but um, she was the first to bring it up only when it happened when we were camping. No one talks about this sitting around a fire. 
you know, we all have drinking. Yeah, we drink and we go to a house and as adults, like drink around a fire and no one brought this up. And I just can't believe that because when it finally does get brought up, which it did at one point, my ex-classmate, some dude, he had stories because he works out there and he likes to go camp out and get lost like my girlfriend does. And it just started coming out like, yeah, the people that go get lost in the woods around here, they got the good stories. That's where most of it's happening. It's not happening in town by houses unless they stalk us and follow us back in. I've wondered about that. Like when we go out and we have an encounter, do we bring anything home? Because I know when I used to work at the ER and I had dealt with death um, through suicide, sad things like murder or suicide in the winter in Alaska, because I lived in Alaska for seven years in my 20s. I was a CNA at an ER um, a few times, like twice in a year. They followed me home. When I iced a dead 14-year-old boy's body, he followed me home because, like, I took care of his body. Now, I knew to open and crack a window. The nurse let me. I did believe, like, the spirit needs to get out of this hospital. And I am I'm an empath. And I loved him as I did the procedures that you do with death. This boy had committed suicide by rope. He came in looking like something out of a horror movie. And instead of me being scared of him, I felt so sad for him because during my break, I found him on Facebook. I saw him. I saw this was a nerd. This is someone who got so depressed from being bullied at school and they hung themselves in their garage. Right. And so because I took the time to research him on that break, when they had brought him in and they were working like they try to they they have to try to CPR someone, even if they're like purple, they just have to. There's all these like steps. But when it was time for me to take care of his body and do a lot of the cleanup stuff, it was my first time not with an elderly person. Like usually it was a nursing home. Yeah. Um, he followed me home pancake mix on top of the refrigerator fell down did a flip landed perfectly the bag and it did not spill any pancake mix which is like flour (laughs) my boyfriend's mom from arizona navajo grandma she was up visiting at the time and when she saw that happen because it's a ghost thing she freaked out she was like oh my gosh and then right when it landed and i got up to go pick up the pancake bag the remote on the coffee table flew off when I was walking back to the couch where she was. And she saw it too. That woman was like back on a plane within like a three days to a week to Arizona. Wow. She was supposed to try to live with us for a while. Yeah, that didn't last. First thing she said to me though is, how dare you like bring that home from your work? She immediately, do you change when you leave the hospital? Like there was all these things I was supposed to be following that she knew about and I didn't, you know, and then at the end of the day, I don't think it was because I didn't. Yeah. I took off my dirty scrubs. Yes. I had clean clothes. I, I, it was because I think I had empathy and you took, and I was you like, took the time to see who mm-hmm. he was. And- I, because I loved on him because I felt so deeply for him and I cared so much. Maybe that soul or some energy attached to me and went home for a longer visit. I did open the door the next day 
and I knew his name from the charts. So I referred to him by first name and I said, it's okay. Like, I'm good. You're good. Like I prayed for him and I like opened the door and I tried to set him free that way. Like let him go. And there was no more events after that. And then one other 19 year old shot himself in the head, committed suicide on New Year's Eve. And I didn't know he was on life support. So when a nurse was like, oh yeah, he's warm. You should touch him. And I thought I was dumb blonde back then. I didn't really, I was like, well, I don't know what that meant. So I was just like, like, whatever. And I held his hand and he was warm. And I'm like, oh, so is he going to be like in a vegetable state? Or is he going to like, is he in coma? Like, how is he going to come back? And she goes, oh, he's dead, honey. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, he's on life support. We're just keeping all the organs going because like it's a harvest thing. You know, he's a donor on the license. And I was and that opened my mind to the whole donor, not donor thing, because it's like, hmm, (laughs) how badly do you guys want these parts? Right. (laughs) Like, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's a whole nother topic. But uh, working in an ER, you start to realize a lot of people don't have a lot of emotions. There are a few empaths there. The empaths don't make it long. Yeah. I ended up getting bullied and booted out for caring too much. And it was a. I was, I don't want to get, it was like a, like a Catholic or Christian medical corporation. I mean, based on, it's supposed to be based on giving and caring. And here I'm literally told you need to care less or you're fired. And I was like, okay, well then I'm putting in my two weeks (laughs) because I can't work for a medical institution if I can't care about people as I'm doing it. And yeah. So anyway, um, I, yeah. So the 19 year old boy, when he followed me home, it was a lot of, um, the blind strings, the strings that hang from our blinds swinging on their own when no one is near them. My ex was being abusive again, and this was the very end of our relationship. And I kicked him out for the final time. Like that was the big breakup. And I kicked the ex out and a few days after I kicked him out, I kept seeing objects move like the window strings or a door that no kid was around would start to shut quietly and calmly. None of it was aggressive. I never felt unsafe. I never had nightmares or whatever. There's good spirits, right? So I said by his first name and opened the door again. And I said, thank you for watching out for me. I think he was trying to protect me. Because when the strings were um, swinging on the window, my boyfriend would be like yelling and cussing at me. Like when my boyfriend was getting aggressive, this spirit would act out by showing that it's there. It never hurt him. It it could never like have the power to do that, but it would make itself known when I was being bullied. And so I kicked the guy to the curb and uh, by name, said thank you to the spirit and and let him wished him on to find his way to the next dimension the higher life whether that's heaven or wherever we go i wanted him to be set free and stop watching out for me so to speak but yeah yeah that was like that's pretty much it i can't think of anything else paranormal there's been so many random things over the years but i'm glad lately that i've had a break i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> i was just like it's nice to have a break sometimes it can be a, it can be a bit much right Joy, 
we're at about two and a half hours. This was awesome conversation with you. I yeah, really, really, really enjoyed go. it. I'm glad you finally got a hold of me. It was, it was great stuff. Okay. I had a good time too, Eric. I'll see you around. I'll come to some campfires. All right. Please do. Yeah. And if anything else ever comes up, like I'll let you know. Yeah. I, I won't wait years to tell somebody <laughs> this time. That's awesome. So. Okay. Thanks so much. Sounds great. I'll see you later. Have a great evening. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for tonight's show. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Sage. Don't forget all of the links to Bigfoot and Brews 2, the 40 and Airwaves podcast conference, the Uncomfortable Patreon, and the Uncomfortable Discord server are all in the show notes below this episode. Until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. <laughs>